Hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new episode of Squad Up, the podcast all about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo, and it is the year 2020, folks. Blessed. Bless up. It's a new decade, and because it's a new decade, we got to talk about all the games that happened in the 2010s. It's crazy. I know, right? All of them. And I have assembled all of them, every single one. <laughs> it's going to be a long episode, folks. <laughs> We've got a fantastic crew, fantastic squad to talk about this episode with today. We've got the entire Lord family. We've got Sound Lord. Mrs. Soundlord and Luigi Soundlord all in the same room, all together. Okay. The lady sound. <laughs> the lady sound. You, you know what? We've had this discussion. <laughs> We've had this recorded discussion multiple times. <laughs> it's on the record. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've got Chris, Angela, and Danny. They're all going to be here. They're all going to talk about their top games of the decade. And stay tuned because next week we're going to have another episode with myself, Peaches, and Robbie. And we're going to talk about our games of the decade. And there's going to be an aggregate, squad up, definitive top games of the decade. Hey, look, Peaches is here, but not here. But he's here. Hey, Peaches. It's the Peachio. It's the Pe- the, the Peachio. <laughs> I'm going to use my joke again because I didn't get to say it myself when Chris used it, but we've, he's been rendered peachless. I don't have a, a soundboard or else I'd put a sound in there. <laughs> you have Got a sound him. Lord who can put it in later. <laughs> Hi everybody. Well, welcome to the show. Um, hello, we're not going to be doing hello. any, <laughs> hello, hello again. We're not going to be doing any news today. It's strictly going to be on the top 10 games of the decade. We each uh, were instructed to make top 20 lists. We're going to be quickly going over the 20 to 11. Actually, it'll just be Danny, Chris, and Angel who go over their 20 to 11. You'll hear all my stuff next week. Um, But we're going to hear their 20 to 11, and then we're going to go into their top 10s of the decade. So, Danny, we're going to start with you. 20 to 11. Okay, wow, we're just going Let's right into it. it. And I'm sorry because I know that my mic is very loud and I cleared my throat. So anyway, number 20 is a maybe underrated. I think it might be properly rated with how often people say it's underrated, but a good Switch game, Mario and Rabbids, whatever the subtitle is. I didn't write everything down. Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Yes, that's Battle. the one. I love it so much. I know the full yeah. name. Uh, it's, that's a fun XCOM <laughs> style mario rabbits crossover better than it had any right to be um keeping it quick right so i should move on yeah unless there's something you yes. really want to say about okay number 19 another uh game i played on switch celeste very fun platformer 18 arkham knight you may see another arkham game somewhere else in my list oh, okay. ho ho Okay. Number 17, oh, Doki Doki Literature Club on the PC. I what? don't know if anybody else oh. <laughs> included that. It's not on my list, but I'm so happy it's on your yes, list. I, um, Look, Doki Doki Literature Club, we did a um, we did an episode on this when Peaches and I played it. We played it together. So we both booted up the game, and from start to finish, we sat there like on a call like we're having, and we played the game, and we kind of went through it together. That game is bananas. It is. I don't you know they're adding more content it. this year. What? Have you played it, Chris? Yeah, they just the guy just announced it. No, have you played it? 
I haven't, no. Okay, do you know what it is? I know enough. <laughs> Angela, have you heard about this game at all? Have I heard about Doki Doki? Doki Doki Literature Club. I have not. So so she should play blind is what you're saying. Yeah, so here's what it sort it of is. It sounds like what Danny was hearing in his mic or, or his... <laughs> <laughs> it's earlier. this game... It actually... It's this game where it starts off as a game, like a specific genre of game, and then turns into something completely different. There's like a turning point in the game where the game goes from one thing to a completely different thing. And I can't tell you what either of those things are because it ruins it if you don't play through them. Okay. But it is such a fun experience going through all that. And it also is super messed up. <laughs> yeah. I want to say for the people that know, I, I played it... Um at like 3 a.m <laughs> that's a good joke robbie says in the u.s they turned it into super mario literature club good job um i was saying Excellent i i played this know. some friends were telling me about it as i was playing some other games with them and then we finished that up and they said hey play doki doki now so i downloaded it at like 3 a.m and played through it it was great uh moving on number 16 shovel knight a good throwback platformer that even they added another update uh, last week or the week before. So, yeah, it's very recently. still alive after a few years, and it's very fun. 15, Super Hot VR. Uh, there is a non VR version, which I actually have not played, but the VR, I wanted to include a. Uh, um, I enjoyed the VR, PSVR, so I wanted to include something on there, and Super Hot is awesome. Um, Chris. Uh, or uh, the sound lord well, uh, accidentally well just let me tell yes. the story because um i might have it on my list somewhere. okay well spoiler alert yeah. <laughs> number 14 mario kart 8 or mario kart 8 deluxe either one they're the same pretty much mario kart 8 deluxe on switch so fun number 13 <laughs> obviously switch means fun is yeah number 13 is fortnite which is controversial to some people i guess in this uh in this <laughs> squad but i really enjoy fortnite it they did a good job reinventing uh, i kind of fell off at like season seven or something but uh chapter two they kind of rebooted the game and scaled it down a lot to be more of what it was when it came out and enjoyed it quite a bit number 12 smash 4 uh wii u and 3ds uh that's smash is always a good time that one was fun playing with people on campus on the 3ds and then having big um, pe big people, big groups of people over playing eight person, eight player Smash on the Wii U, on the TV. Or one big person, <laughs> or just one big person with eight controllers. Um, <laughs> and then number eleven uh, on the 3DS, Link Between Worlds. Um, Robbie actually reminded me of this one. I'd forgotten about it, but I was like, oh wait, this game's great. I uh, really enjoyed the uh, mixing up the formula a little bit in that one, where you uh, get to buy items from the guy ravio maybe um but a solid zelda game uh probably the last one we'll see on a handheld i mean unless you count the uh switch but hmm. all yeah. right that's my second top 10 you know <laughs> what made making these lists hard Remembering that games actually happened this decade. Don't some of these games feel like you played them 20 years ago and yes. you're like, how yeah. did this just come out, you know, at the beginning of the decade? 
I kept writing through when I was going through all the lists of games and be like, oh my, that came out that recently? There's no way. That game is like a bajillion years old. And no, it's not. <laughs> uh, Chris, how about your list? All right. Uh, so number 20, I have Tetris 99. Uh, I just thought that turning Tetris into a battle royale was a really cool twist on the formula. Playing against 98 other people. I, I really enjoyed it. Number 19, I actually have Super Hot VR. Uh, never owned it, but Danny has it, and uh, the story he's going to tell was last year, uh, well, 20, 2018, he brought it up um, when he came home for Christmas, and I was playing it, and we're, we're at my parents' house, and I got immersed in this game, and I forgot that I didn't actually have to walk to make the character walk, and I swung to punch a guy, and I punched a Christmas <laughs> ornament and broke it. <laughs> 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 that was sitting on my mother's mantle uh, above the fireplace. Danny, what like, oh, VR headband um, do you have? PSVR. It's a PSVR? Yeah, yeah that, that was actually the game. I was always a little skeptical of VR, but after playing that, I was like, hey, VR is uh, actually pretty neat. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, number 18, I had Celeste. Uh, Danny mentioned that one. Uh, 17, uh, Super Mario 3D World. Uh, I a game that I actually did go back and I 100% cleared every single level with all five characters, but I enjoyed having like the five different characters you could play as if that was fun. Uh, number 16, a recent one, Untitled Goose Game. Just made me laugh. Just really enjoyed <laughs> that. Uh, number 15, Shovel Knight. Uh, number 14, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, number 13, Super Mario Maker 2. Um, I enjoyed both Super Mario Maker games, but this was just an improvement on Super Mario Maker, so I did not include the original on my list. But it's uh, just being able to create your own Mario levels and then playing some of the stuff. So there, There's a lot of, as people say, hot garbage out there, but some people are ridiculously creative with what they can pull off with, with the tools that they give you in that game, and it's just really great. Uh, number 12, I have... V V V V V V. Um, I think that's how you actually say the name of the game. I don't know. Um, oh, Robbie forgot to put honk button on his ballot. <laughs> uh, Whatever, Robbie. Yes. Um, but yes, uh, V V V V V V. If you haven't played it, it came out in 2010, so it was under the wire in the in the decade list. Uh, but it's a really cool indie platformer with like Commodore 64 type graphics. Um, you move, and there's one button, and what it does is it reverses gravity. So instead of jumping, you either you go from the ground to the ceiling and then vice versa. And the game is so good. I bought it on multiple systems and hundred percent cleared it on both systems. Uh, number 11. Um, <laughs> and, and Oh yeah. Number 11. So the last one we'll talk quickly about is cuphead. Uh, just if only for the art style, just adore that game. Uh, it's a lot of fun and it's just so beautiful to look at. I love that thirties animation style. All right. Lady sound. So I had trouble coming up with even 20 games that I played this decade. A lot of games I like are from before that. Um, so please don't judge me, gamer <laughs> types. Uh, so number 17, <laughs> Mario Kart 8. Um, number 16, Heave Ho. That was a game that Danny introduced to me and Chris actually just like two weeks ago yeah. at the holidays on the Switch. Um, I've never laughed so hard, or at least not in recent memory. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, so check it out. 
Uh, 15 and 14 are Epic Mickey 2 and Epic Mickey, respectively. Um, I understand that there were some things disappointing about these games um, for Disney super fans, Disney Park super fans, um, mostly, I think, gameplay related. But I thought the art was beautiful. I thought kind of all the hidden gems and literal hidden Mickeys um, I thought were really interesting. And I thought the story was really interesting, too. So I appreciated that. Um, number 13, Let's Go Pikachu. I didn't get to finish it yet, but I had a lot of fun with it and it brought me back to my, you know, playing Pokemon Blue as a little kid. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2 I have as number 12. I probably could scoot that up the list further. It originally was scooted up the list further, um, as Robbie can attest to, but I haven't played it in a long time and I never finished it. And I just, I don't remember enough about it other than that. I enjoyed it um, to speak more on it. So that's why I moved it down a little. Um, and then number 11, I have Tomb Raider. Um, I'm pretty far through the game. It's I'm playing it on PC, but I actually have the sequels like queued up on uh, the PS4. So I'm really excited to play those. Cause I think the first one is really good and that, I think they'll just get better from there. So, I think it. Tomb Raider's a, it's a really good example of them. Uh, Tomb Raider and God of War are the two examples I can think of where they took a franchise and took it in a different direction, mm -hmm. and the direction was definitely a lot better. And they sit in a lot of similar ways too, because like if you look at God of War, God of War was very uh, brutal. Uh, it was very sexist. There was a lot of like nudity and violence, and it was very like you know testosterone charge and the sequel is very reserved it's a story about a father and son and i think tomb raider has a lot of those similar things it's not about you know the sexy protagonist it yes. is about a strong person overcoming adversity right? yeah they didn't sex her up it's not like boobs for days it's right exactly know, and she for a lot of the game has like a bow and arrow so that's kind of neat like you right. do eventually get guns but it's not initially that you know the double guns that she's known for it's um, a lot of bow and arrow fighting, and mm -hmm. I actually really enjoy that. So, yeah, it's a it's a fun it's a good thing that I think video game developers are starting to kind of clue in on, you know, finding ways to make these games enjoyable without just trying to go for cheap. I think Mortal Kombat was another one that did that these past uh, few years. They specifically, with their most recent entry, decided to change the way all of the female characters look. So now they're not all in like one suit, you know, swimsuits. They all have like personal costumes that make sense battle wise and it all makes sense all right so before we get into your starting off with your top tens i want you guys to each think of one game you wish more people played this decade you don't have to answer me now we'll cover this around the five game mark so you'll get some time to think about it but start thinking about a game you played that you wish more people played this decade danny what's your <laughs> Danny, what's your uh, what's your number ten game this decade? Number, number ten, 10 game, um, it is PS4's Spider Man. Hey, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> what a good time that was. That's only number um, ten for you. It's only number ten for me. Huh? Ten's still good. Ten is yeah. very good. Ten is in the we talk about it more club. <laughs> yes. Um. Yes. Oh, I talk about it now. That's what we do. <laughs> on podcast um <clears throat> spider-man on ps4 <laughs> is a third person action game are you reading the wikipedia <laughs> i swear i'm not <laughs> um, 
so this was um it's it's in the style uh inspired by the arkham games um arkham asylum had a new combat system well, maybe not new but innovative combat system that um a lot of games started copying it was very fluid it made you feel like you're batman um but it worked very well in this game as well through in combos which i remember really enjoying in the original uh spider-man movie games spider-man 2 specifically there was always you could unlock combos to uh that using your web and punches and kicks and stuff to make combat very exciting so i enjoyed that they brought that back um Sorry, I'm a little like I feel unprepared, even though I, I know about this game and I've played it and beat it. I it, actually I should mention this is the first game I got a platinum trophy on, um, which oh, yeah, yeah wow. Well, wow. I think wow. Spider-Man does a really good job of making the tasks that seem like busy work in other games be something you have fun doing in in this game, right? Like collecting a bunch of things on a map isn't necessarily fun in a lot of other games but if you're swinging around the city as spider-man all of a sudden collecting backpacks is the funnest thing you've ever done in your life that was my favorite (laughs) collecting right it's such a like menial like you're just literally going from point a to point b picking something up but it's so much fun that it makes it not feel like work it makes it feel like it's actually part of the game yeah i like um um, all of that stuff. I think backpacks, I actually, every time I went into a new area of the city, that would be the first thing I went for. Um, I like collecting things in games. Um, one, one thing I really enjoyed about this is the, is, uh, Yuri Lowenthal. He was, I thought very great, um, as Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, introducing Miles, um, as somebody that Peter, actually is kind of a mentor to already um i mean that sets up um sequels already and um i don't know it'll be interesting to see what they do eventually i'm not sure i I think they've probably announced that they're making a sequel but very early on so there's no details i'm sure it'll be a ps5 game i mean at this point it would be um, since there's yeah. less than a year before that, unless the happens. surprise comes out, next yeah. Time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm excited. I'll have to get a PlayStation Five eventually to continue uh, playing that series. Good job by Insomniac. Thank you for yeah. a good Spider-Man game. This is also on my list somewhere. I don't remember exactly where I put it, but it's it's in my top ten. It's, and it's just yeah. such a fun time. Um, I think uh, Robbie, who's in the chat right now, he'll be here next week, is of the opinion that 2017 was the best year for gaming in decade in the decade. And my opinion is that it was 2018. I think 2018 that had Spider-Man, God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, and a host of other games. Just To me, it just felt like there was just... I just didn't have enough time to play games in the year 2018, I felt like. Whereas 2017, there were a few really good games, but it was just those few really good games. So... I think to each their own, but to me, I think 2018 was definitely the, uh, with Spider-Man and a few others, was definitely at the top for me. Yeah, I think, um, too, what I really, because I had Spider-Man as number six and, you know, Chris's is at number seven, so we we all loved it. Um, What I loved about it was, and this is a theme kind of throughout a lot of my choices, is just how much exploring there is, how many things there are to find, like the backpacks, and, you know, just being able to kind of just go off on all these side missions and not actually get to the story for a while <laughs> is really fun. And just having that open world 
feel um, with New York City was really cool, especially, you know, just I love New York City. I used to li- I lived there for a year, you know, so just getting to like explore it in that contact, like in a video game. And it's so realistic looking, I thought was really cool. Yeah, you get to actually go and see the sacks on Fifth <laughs> Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I I also, I mean, like I said, I had that game in my top 10 as well. I had such a blast for all the reasons that have already been mentioned. Like, uh, I'm Danny, I'm glad you shouted out Yuri Lowenthal in that because he was perfectly cast. And uh, I know he's played Spider-Man in a couple other things, I think before and since. Because uh, I know he's he's Spider-Man in Marvel Ultimate Alliance uh, as well, and I think he's done a couple other games or animated shows or something. Yeah, I know uh, he's done one of the animated shows. Yeah. and and he's uh, I mean, he, he 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 what that game does so well is it captures both aspects of Spider-Man. It gets the Spider-Man aspect of the life, but also the Peter Parker. Uh, aspect of his life and and if you listen to assembly required uh our marvel uh, cinematic universe podcast uh our spider-man homecoming episode is coming out this friday we were just recorded a couple days ago and that's something we talk about in context of the movies and and the comics as well is how important the peter parker aspect of his character is to what makes him spider-man uh and and, and actually the same for miles morales in his version of spider-man and great that we actually got to see some of that in this game as well. We got we got a taste of, you know, both both Spider Man, and the the combat is so fluid and it's so much fun to just swing around. Um, I only used fast travel enough times to get the trophy mm-hmm. for it, and then after that, it's like oh, I'm just gonna swing. Uh, why why would I not swing and uh, web launch and all that other crazy stuff? I discovered that my favorite way to fight is by just jumping a lot and webbing an object yeah. and throwing it at yes. people yeah and that's fun is i watched her play a lot she watched me play and we we had different fighting styles so i mean there's like different ways you can play choose to play the game i remember my favorite thing was as soon as they introduced backpacks she went and collected every single backpack before she moved on um which i did a bunch but i was like ah you know i'll go and do the main story and then i'll start finding out. no she stopped and she found every single backpack in the game and then did the next story thing. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just a great game and great, great twist on the Spider-Man story and uh, the way they introduce a lot of the characters. You know, they're they're recognizable, but they're it's good. It's a good alternate universe. Like the relationship between him and Otto Octavius before he becomes Doc Ock. Um, just everything about it is is just a very and the music very, is good. Oh, the music, yeah, I love that. It's a really theme. good score. Yeah, um, the the only bad thing I can say about it is um, to hell with the drone challenges. Mm. Um, but <laughs> but other than that, great game. Just just yeah, I never fantastic. thought I'd have so much fun chasing a pigeon around New York. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop that pigeon now. That felt like something you know, like I talked in the the other squad episode I did about the Harry Potter games and how much I love those. The, the pigeon thing felt like something you would do in a Harry Potter game, like you know, following this like flying object around, whether it's a book right. or a bird or something. Oh, we didn't even mention the the different Spider Man costumes you can get that are all references to like different comic book storylines or, or there are several movie costumes in it as well. Um, the fact that you can be the, uh, the bombastic bag man, which is the him in a fantastic four outfit and a paper bag over his head. 
which is from like one issue of the comics from like the the 70s or something um but my favorite is the uh the cell shaded classic costume that looks just like he came right out of the comic book and its special ability is he tells more jokes they're <laughs> it's great just perfect yeah uh, Spider-Man, good game. If you haven't played it yet, please go check it out if you have a PlayStation. It's a fantastic title, and we'd be remiss not to recommend oh, it. Yeah. Danny, uh, I'm sorry, Chris, what? number 10? Yes, no, my number Yeah, number Yeah, 10. my number 10 is a little game called Hollow Knight. Yeah, so that is a... Wow, right? <laughs> yeah, Hollow Knight is a... Uh, it, it was an indie game that came out, uh, I guess, 2018, I think, is when it came out. And it was, I think it was even a Kickstarter game. And it is, it's a Metroidvania. uh, And it is set in a bug world. So it's set like underground. And you play as a character that is just called the Knight. uh, And it's like a little, little beetle guy. And you fight with a little needle. It's your sword. And it is an incredibly difficult game, first of all. But it's, but it's a Metroidvania. And just to define Metroidvania, in case anyone listening does not know what I mean by that means it is in the in the uh style of like super metroid or castlevania uh the later like the playstation castlevania games where it's side scrolling and you can go anywhere um but you're sort of kept uh, locked away from uh traversing everywhere until you unlock new abilities new uh new attacks new um um like new new methods of traversal and it is like uh, the graphics are it's just absolutely gorgeous hand-drawn graphics and it is just a, a beautiful game to look at the it's very moody and atmospheric um I, like i said it's very difficult as well but it is a game that i just got lost in uh literally and figuratively because uh, it is it is a sprawling massive game too and one that they kept upgrading uh they'll be like oh by the way here because they hit there's some stretch goals they like every few months they would add a massive expansion to the game that would add new uh new bosses new content um and it is just i i I can't i can't say enough good about it It, it's just a game i thoroughly enjoyed uh even even when it was kind of frustrating in a where do i go sort of way uh when you would figure out oh hang on this is where i need to go next it you know just like the like the best metroidvanias uh it really you know you you just felt like you had so much to discover and uh i'm very excited for the sequel silk song that is coming out i think later this year uh coming out soon and and the knight is a dark horse uh candidate for me for i would love to see uh perhaps added to super smash brothers in the future or at at the very least a a costume for the Miis. now that that's a thing (laughs) so so yeah Big fan, Hollow Knight. Play it. If Hollow Knight is on a, a long list of games for me where I've started and never finished. Mm. And it's just one of those where like I need to go back to it, but I don't know when I'm gonna go back to it. I need to, but I don't yeah. know when. And it's just everybody always talks about it with such love. Yeah. That it just it, when you hear people talk about games like that, it makes you want to go back and play them. Have either of you played Hollow Knight? I've started it. No. I haven't got very far. See, that's the same with me. Yeah. I need to get in there and actually get... There's just so many games, man. Yeah. There's so many... We're all going to have lists. They're all going to be pretty eclectic, and there's going to be games that you guys talk about that I've never... There have already been games where I've uh-huh. never played. Um, and so there's just so much to play right now. It's great that we can have diverse lists, and they can all be still pretty accurate. Angela, what's your number 10 game? 
Mine is Twilight Princess HD. Um, we were debating whether or not I could include um, like HD remakes of Zelda games on this just because like this game, the original version came out before this decade. Um, but I um, didn't really play any console games growing up. Um, I didn't have a console till, I don't know, last five years maybe. Um, so this was all new to me. Uh, and it's not my favorite of the Zelda games, but it was still very good. Like, I, it's har I'm hard pressed to find a Zelda game, you know, that I haven't enjoyed. You know, I may have my things about them that I don't love or, you know, things that I like about some more than others, but it's still, it's always a good time. It's a good game. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about Twilight Princess, just that I enjoyed it. And I don't know much about the original, but I thought that the controls on the Wii U and, you know, the gameplay and everything was very fluid. And, you know, my only probably issue with it was just like how long it takes you to get started in the beginning it's kind of slow yeah. um with the story and you know them kind of easing you into the game but once you get past that i i thought it was pretty good yeah that, i'm a fan i would agree that's my biggest knock against trolley princess is that of all the zelda games it feels like it has the longest build up to actually playing the game i think other games handled it a little bit better um but no it, it's it's a very good game um an intriguing story i i liked the whole whenever whenever new zelda game comes out there are always new wrinkles to the the mythology of hyrule that you find out about and it and finding out about the twilight realm and oh they banished ganondorf through a giant mirror and uh, by the way you're a wolf now. No. <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't mind the wolf thing i don't know if that was popular or not uh i liked midna i thought she was cool Midna's great um so my favorite part of Twilight Princess was the hidden village section. Yes, me too. Me too. Yeah, it's, the hidden village it's section. It's kind of like a western town, and there's a bunch of enemies that you have to take out with your bow and arrow. It was fun. There was like a westerny song playing. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And um, one of my favorite items in any Zelda game is the spinner in Twilight Princess, the one that you. Uh, used to like there are like these tr um tracks that are built into walls and cliffs and everything and you jump on the spinner and you can like slide up them and uh the boss fight that you do with that against a giant um i forget i think it's stall lord is what it's called uh but it's a giant skeleton and um it's a it's it's a very fun boss fight and uh the spinner sounds like a 1970s batman <laughs> it does it does <laughs> Yeah, and there are some, uh, especially if you're a fan of Ocarina of Time, there are some really cool moments in uh, uh, in Trolley Princess, like finding the Temple of Time after going through the sacred grove that is basically the Lost Woods as you're being sort of taunted by a skull kid. And uh, the version of the Serenade of Water that is in it when you see the uh, ghost of the Zora Queen is just a very nice, kind of very pretty arrangement of one of my favorite songs from Ocarina. So yeah, you know it's it's a it's a fun time. Danny, number nine. Number nine uh, is actually a game I've talked about on one of my previous appearances: Fire Emblem Three Houses for the Switch. Hmm. Um, I don't think any of you have played it. I have not. Nope. Yet, it's no. up to me. Um, 
it's a good Fire Emblem game. So tactical strategy, uh, you manage your units on the field and off. Uh, that was something they added in this game. Um, you play as a professor at a school and you pick one of the Hogwarts. three. Yes, it's three quarters of Hogwarts. There's only three houses. Um, but you pick your house and those uh, the students are your units on the field. Students are your units. Uh, you can recruit students from other houses and staff and faculty to join your team. Um, the Golden Deer, that was the house I picked. Uh, the characters in that were all very entertaining and their interactions were fun. Uh, Fire Emblem uh, staple is the leveling up and the support system. So you're able to send your students to do tasks together and that increases their um, their relationship. So um, you can go up to S rank um, and that gives you boosts on the battlefield. And then you also get story scenes with them and kind of see how they interact. So I thought it was, it was really fun getting all of your students to interact and just fly flying around my head right now. Um, <laughs> getting them all to... <laughs> see how they interact with each other and uh see what little... there's a lot of entertaining scenes you could unlock doing that uh gameplay is fun of course um you have your units there's pegasus knights and wyvern knights and it, it was each character kind of has a path that they're interested in taking but you can make them be any unit you want really so I, there was a guy, Raphael, he was this big beefy guy and I made him a brawler. So he had these gauntlets that had spikes on them. So by the end, he was pretty much a one hit machine. He would go up to an enemy and knock him out in one turn, even the very strong enemies. So really good game. I need to replay it with the other houses now, see uh, what side of the story um, you learn from doing that. But I know there's some DLC on the way as well. So maybe I'll have to check that out. But I definitely recommend it. It's on Switch. Uh, if you've ever played a Fire Emblem game, it's more Fire Emblem, but a little different. And uh, if you haven't played a Fire Emblem, it's a good jumping on point. So check it out. Yeah, I'm sold. Yeah, it's definitely one that I've been I've been interested in trying Fire Emblem for a long time, uh, just because I, I enjoy playing as a couple of the Fire Emblem characters from Smash Brothers. I was like, oh, I feel like I should play their real games at some point. Um, so. And and I've heard very very good things about about this one in particular. So, yeah, Chris, your number nine game of the my decade. number nine game. Uh, I think there's only one other person who might have this on the list anywhere. Uh, my number nine is Mega Man Ten. Yeah, I am a huge Mega Man fan. Uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but. Uh, when I was a kid and we had, uh, I had an NES and we would, every Friday we'd go to Blockbuster and we'd rent a couple movies and I'd get a video game. And uh, yeah, Mega Man 10 came out in 2010. Because um, <laughs> um, I just saw um, Peaches just said Mega Man 10 was 2010s and he seems very taken aback. So uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I used to play the heck out of the original NES Mega Man games. Uh, I'd rent them. I'd get up really early on Saturday morning, go downstairs, play Mega Man 2, play Mega Man 3, whatever. Uh, so then when they, you know, Mega Man 7 was on the Super Nintendo, Mega Man 8 was on the Sega Saturn and the uh, Sony PlayStation. 
And for whatever reason, those two games just were not quite as good. The Mega Man X games were still good, but the uh, later Mega Man games not... Uh, uh, um, just for whatever reason, didn't quite work. So Mega Man 9 ended up coming out um, as a uh, downloadable game. And it was a throwback. They did it in 8-bit style. Um, same controls as Mega Man 2. And they simplified it, the 8-bit graphics, 8-bit music, and then Mega Man 10 was a continuation of that. And uh, I love both of those games, so I can only do the one that was this decade, so Mega Man 10, there it is. And uh, it, great, again, it, it just felt like an old Mega Man game in the best possible ways. Uh, the music was great. Uh, something really cool they did, I think it was Mega Man 10. I can't remember if it was 9 or 10 that they did this, um, but for each level for uh, each level had a different composer and what they did was they got the composer for Mega Man 1 to do one level they got the composer for Mega Man 2 to do one level uh, and so on uh, so i forget if that was 9 or 10 that they did that but but just just a great experience all around uh, you could play through the game as Mega Man Proto Man or Base uh, you could uh, they had downloadable content uh, where you could fight the Mega Man killers who were bosses that were only in the Game Boy versions of Mega Man. So it was just kind of like a big love letter to the whole original Mega Man series. And I just had a great time with it. So I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts about Mega Man 10 on this episode. My nope. thought is that was a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I played it, but I like Mega Man 10. Angela, number nine on your list. Yes. Um, well, in the same vein of my last one, uh, number nine, I have Wind Waker HD. So I loved this game. Apparently there was all kinds of controversy when it came out, you know, of people, you know, hating the style of it, like the artistic style and thinking what, that it was too cartoony or something. And mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was great. I thought it was really fun. It was, it was funny. Like it was humorous. Um, you know, where Twilight Princess is kind of dark, I think Wind Waker is a more pleasant game to play. Um, there are a lot of funny characters you meet along the way, like the guy that you meet when you he has you play the like game with the cannons. Splish, Splish. kaboom! <laughs> He's great. Um, oh, I love the. Uh, the characters that help you unlock like the um what are they called like like Magar and oh the, the girl the girl with the harp oh yeah the, the sages the sages yeah, yeah. yeah so the, i thought those missions were really fun and i love Makar the korok so much chris got me this little stuffed Makar because i love him that much mm -hmm. he's so cute um i love the way he rides on the um the lion boat. Oh yeah, the king of red lions. Like he hangs on to like the the neck, like mm -hmm. by the head, and he just kind of hangs out up there, and it's so cute. Um, but I loved the gameplay. I thought it was really fluid on the HD. I mean, I don't know what it was like in the original version, but I thought the gameplay was great. Um, I loved the visuals. I loved the music. Um, I got a little tired with the sailing. I know there are people who love the the great sea. Um, I kind of missed Hyrule Field, if I'm being honest, because I love Ocarina of Time so much. And um, so I, I did get a little fatigued with the sailing, but I liked that they had the fast sail that you could get after a while to make it go by faster. And I understand that was not 
in the original game as well. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, that in itself makes it a new game (laughs) (laughs) Um, in the 2010s because that was literally a game changer. Um, So that made it a lot better. Also, the whatever their version of fast travel was, but when you kind of go up and Oh, you you could play the sun to warp and using the the cyclone. So that was helpful too. But I liked that they had so many, you know, like so many treasure chests you could find and like you're collecting all the maps. All it's like, again, like all these things that can take you away from the main story, all these side things that you can do. So um, I had a good time with it. So yeah. Yeah. I won't say too much about it because it was... If you remember my first appearance on Squad Up, it was one of my top five games, the original. So I I just love that game. So I'll let everyone else talk about it. <laughs> uh, I actually got the HD remake when um, Nintendo did a thing. When If you got Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U, you could get a free downloadable game. And that was one of the options. So I had played it on GameCube before and really enjoyed it. So yeah, I'll, I'll get that one. I don't remember what the other choices were, but... I guess they weren't interesting enough for me to uh, um, choose those instead. My my best Wind Waker HD story is I had been playing it and I got to the point where you go around the back of Onset Island and shoot the rocks out. And mm-hmm. I forget who's back there. There's like a spirit back there. Oh, it's a, is it Jabba? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So I was playing that in my apartment, and it was in the summer, and I was going to be all alone in that apartment. But I got to that point, and I was doing that, and then there's a knock on the door, and somebody came in, and he said, hey, I'm your roommate. I was like, what the? <laughs> I a surprise roommate in the summer that nobody ever told me about. Wow. Um, and then I stopped playing it, and I never got back into it. Oh no! Oh, you ruined <laughs> okay, your summer. Well, I was like, All right, I'm here. I can just put everything out in the living room and not have to worry about it. And then I was like, oh, I guess I have to move stuff back to my room. So. Yeah. Danny, do you remember my one of my favorite Wind Waker memories? Is actually, the original one. But remember, we played with the Tingle Tuner yes. on the GameCube. Yes. Uh, the, t- the Tingle Tuner is not something that was in the HD version, but you could hook up a Game Boy Advance to the GameCube. And you have one person playing as Link and the other person is playing as Tingle. And you could like highlight things to like call their attention to it. You can drop, drop bombs. bombs. And then you could find like secret like stories like in all the dungeons. It was it was a lot of fun to play it that way. And one last thing I'll say about it too, and granted this isn't unique to the HD version, but it might be one of my favorite, if not, I think my favorite intro to a Zelda game. Um, I love the prologue with the way they tell the story of the the hero and i love the music that goes with it the you know like that whole thing and then how it eventually gets into the main like hero theme the zelda theme yeah um but it's just it's it's so good i love the juxtaposition of just like how fun and cartoony the graphics are um, and, and it's a very silly and fun story for the most part, but it also gets pretty serious in that it is the absolute best characterization of Ganondorf in the entire series. Like, it's what it took Ganondorf, who was a big, scary bad guy in Ocarina of Time, interesting, cunning, evil, um, but but not very deep. And And his character is just so deep and interesting and kind of tragic in Wind Waker. And I've just been waiting for them to do that with Ganondorf again. Uh, and uh, 
I'm kind of hoping that maybe we'll get something like that in the sequel to Breath of the Wild. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I um, yeah, I'm a huge huge fan of Wind Waker. If they ever release the HD collection for the Switch, I didn't have a Wii uh, U. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I've talked about it on the show many times before, but I'm really, really good at assembling the only six people that own <laughs> Wii U's to be on this very podcast. The three of us are right here. And so you guys all talk about, you're like, oh, we all had Wind Waker HD. Yeah. I didn't. All right. I was a normie that didn't <laughs> buy a Wii U and I don't have one. But if they do release it for Switch, I'll pick it up. I would absolutely play that. Yeah, it seems like yeah. a good time. Uh, Chris, your number, what are we uh, on? Eight, well, nine, Danny has nine, to give eight? his number eight, has to give his number eight now. Because Angela just gave Angela just gave her nine. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, you're all right. done too. Danny, eight, go. <laughs> <laughs> number eight, I hinted to it earlier. Number eight is Arkham City, uh, the second of the Arkham trilogy. Mm-hmm. Arkham Origins does not count. It was a spinoff. I also haven't played it, so I don't have any opinions on it. But uh, Arkham City was great. I think I actually that and Arkham Asylum. I can't decide which one I like more. Uh, but Asylum didn't come out this decade, so don't have to worry about it. Um, City, as I said earlier, with Spider-Man, uh, the combat is great. Um, it was started in the Arkham Asylum game, but playing as Batwoman or <laughs> Batman and Catwoman was a fun addition to uh, the first game, and then making it more open world. Um, the story was really interesting. Um, I should have looked it up beforehand. I can't really remember. I know Hugo Strange was the villain, uh, voiced by Corey Burton, aka uh, Count Dooku in Clone Wars and uh, Zeus in God of War. Uh, This came up recently in something else, so I just wanted to. Yeah, different. Um, But the the all the the Arkham games are great. I know Knight was the weakest of the three with uh i know a lot of people had complaints about the tank wasn't didn't bother me all that much but um uh city was just a great game and i think it um probably had a lot of impact on other games coming out around that time i know uh the lord of the rings the shadow of mordor and the other one kind of i've heard were similar i haven't played them so i can't comment totally on that but i know wb and it's basically arkham but in lord of the rings right lord of the rings middle earth yeah but i really enjoyed the um opening up the world i loved asylum the design of the map was great and uh it it, i had no complaints about it but moving to an open world just gave them more opportunities uh flying around as batman was awesome swooping in and going into a group of enemies and just kicking them down and doing a shockwave to knock them all out was always satisfying and then of course you can always sneak around as batman does um the stealth sections were so fun you can be stalk the night like batman and swing around the gargoyles and say how can i take out all these enemies without them noticing me Uh, so going in and kind of strategizing and thinking what your plan is uh it's very fun uh I, i i got the collection or the arkham collection that had the first two games remastered on ps4 i haven't gotten into them i got them on sale a while ago but i'm looking forward to replaying those at some point uh, be, it's a good time to revisit uh, i have a question yes so um chris has been replaying recently arkham asylum 
and has a lot of the same features you just talked about you know detective mode and swinging around the gargoyles and doing stealthy attacks and all that stuff and that to me is very much what they did in spider-man i think Mm spider-man drew a lot of influence from those games um oh for sure so what made you put this above spider-man on your list i'm just curious um and this isn't to say that i mean spider-man's not a knockoff i know there's clearly inspiration there but this was around and i want to give it the edge because it was around first but i think more it was maybe more fluid or it fit batman more i don't know because uh, it, it fits the character of spider-man as well like flipping around and being acrobatic in your fight and stuff but i think the feeling um especially the stealth stuff it really works with the character and um implementing the gadgets as like wayne tech and mm-hmm. uh, wayne enterprises inventions uh, i think i liked just the gameplay a little bit more in this one um but i mean they're eight and ten so yeah 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 so i mean it's they're pretty close i would i enjoy both a lot i just give the edge to it fitting batman more i guess this might be a hot take Mm -hmm. and so i'm sorry if it is for you but in my opinion arkham city is mark hamill's best work as the joker he is so good in this game. Like, so good. The Joker in this game is so, so good. And there's a whole storyline with him that you go through, and it's it, there's, like, a twist at the end. There's all kinds of stuff happening, and it is so windy and turny. You're trying to figure out what's going on, and you're, you're like, piecing it together as you go along. It really feels like you're in a mystery um, as you kind of collect all the different, the different um, parts of this game. I think it's fantastic. Okay, maybe it's not a hot take. Maybe it's a cold take. Maybe everybody agrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's also part of it. I've, I forgot to mention, but Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill uh, as Batman and Joker is just a beautiful thing. It's just iconic, yeah. man. So, uh, Best combo. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I that was great. Like- I remember uh, Arkham Asylum was actually the reason I finally got a 360 because uh, it's like, oh gosh, this game looks amazing. Um, and I was so excited when that came out. And then continuing on yeah. with the other two games. I, uh, I still have not played City. Wow. Um, cause, well, because I actually, I got Danny's 360 when he was done with it. Um, and I played Arkham Asylum and I loved it. But I just never got City because I was like, oh, there's all this DLC and other stuff and I didn't have Xbox Live. And I don't know. I, I just never really got too serious into the 360. But now... I have, as Angela mentioned, the collection on uh, on PS4. So I've been kind of slowly off and on working my way through uh, Arkham Asylum again, just kind of revisiting that um, because she's never seen it and she was, she was curious to, to, to kind of see how it went. And uh, when I'm done with that, I intend to play City because everything I had ever heard about it was that it was Asylum, but possibly better. I think uh, you'll so get two I'm, camps. I'm of the camp yeah. that City is the better game. I think City just improves yeah. on everything that Asylum did. I think it's kind of like Alien and Aliens. Yeah, yeah, because well, they're where they're both great but different. Yeah. Uh, mainly just the setting because Asylum it was more of a, I guess it was kind yeah, of absolutely. Metroid. Yeah, it's kind of Metroidy, like, kind of Bioshock ish. Yeah, 
or a city i mean it's open world so you but it's it's not right. the biggest it's no world, new york and like, spider-man you know the biggest map no, no yeah so it was still pretty contained but there was definitely that you know the exploration was uh more open instead of like the corridors and tr- exploring the asylum chris what is your number so, eight game of the decade Number eight, and I will not be looking at the chat, Robbie, uh, is The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword for the Wii. Um, uh, that is going to be a, that's a hot take, I, I'm aware. Um, I know that that is one of the most controversial Zelda games, um, but I personally was a very big fan of it. Um, I, The art style, I think, uh, it's kind of cel-shaded, but in a different way than Wind Waker, and it's where Wind Waker looks like a cartoon, uh, Skyward Sword looks very kind of painterly. And the way that the... Uh, it's really interesting how they actually do the uh, draw distance uh, when things pop in, is that the farther away you are, the more impressionistic it actually looks, kind of like a painting. Um, I really actually love the story in this game, and I don't necessarily play Zelda games because I love the stories, but... If I do end up loving the story, then it's like a great, great bonus. And uh, it's... uh, I'm not going to get into my thoughts on the Zelda timeline and how I think it doesn't actually really matter all that much and people make a bigger deal out of it than it is. But this one is very much explicitly, this is the first game. This takes place before every other game. And it ends up explaining um, the origins of things that I never knew I wanted to hear the origins of, which can be a dangerous thing for a prequel. Because sometimes what you get is, here's why Han Solo has a gun, and who cares? <laughs> um, but hearing the, uh, hearing the, uh, getting to see the actual creation of the Master Sword and uh, discovering the origins of Hyrule, uh, it's really cool. And I know a lot of people had some complaints about how it's pretty linear as far as the story goes, and and some people didn't like the motion controls. I happen to think the motion controls were pretty great the only time i ever really had trouble with the motion controls was when you had to play the harp other than that i thought the combat was great uh, i remember there's this one dungeon and uh, there was a, a skulltula the the spider and it's crawling towards me and i could not figure out how to kill it and then i remembered oh yes i have a sword that i can move in any direction and what you have to do is you stab down and then you scoop up and you end up flipping it onto its back and then you can attack it uh, so they did some really creative stuff with the combat. Um, the the villain is like they took a Final Fantasy villain and dropped him into a Zelda game, and it's very different for the series. And it's and I really enjoy that. Um, the music is great. It was the first Zelda game to actually use a real orchestra, and and you can tell. And there's so many great themes throughout it. The Ballad of the Goddess uh, has my one of my favorite versions of Zelda's Lullaby. Um, it's just I, I really, really, um, you know, I was I was a big fan of it when it came out, and I uh, haven't played it recently, but I actually did watch Angela play through it um, last year, and it was kind of fun revisiting it uh, from that direction. I, uh, uh, I. I would love an HD remake on the Switch. Uh, I I would buy it. I would definitely play through it again. And uh, I think I think it gets a, I think it is much better than its reputation 
um, might have you believe because I know that's one of the Zelda games that people kind of kind of either forget about or they uh, or they kind of I think they underrate it personally. I, I love it. So for the sake of time, <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring up Skyward Sword now as well, just because we're already on the topic. Yeah. I have it at my number seven rather than eight. Technically, we're on eight right now. I'm just going to swap those just to make it a little more oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, clean. So um, I have Skyward Sword on here because, um, again, I have yet to play a Zelda game that I'm just like, oh my god, I hated that. Like I always enjoy Zelda games when I've played them. Um, this is the freshest one in my mind because I just finished it not too long ago. Um, I'll be honest, I was frustrated with the controls initially. Um, trying to get a hang of the motion controls with the Wii remote. Um, but I did eventually get a hang of it. It just it took a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think I hope they come out with an HD version for the Switch. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I think they could greatly improve upon those motion controls with um, using the Joy-Cons. Um, I loved the music, same as Chris. Um, the flying... I See, what's funny is I put the HD... Robbie's not going to yell at me. <laughs> I put the HD remakes at the bottom of my top 10 because I wasn't sure if I should put them higher given that they're not original games of this decade. Um because if I'm really being honest with myself, I liked Wind Waker a lot better than Skyward Sword. But Skyward Sword is a true game of this decade, so that's why I put it a little higher. Um, I The flying was okay. Uh, it wasn't my favorite. I probably enjoyed sailing, despite what I said earlier. I think I enjoyed sailing more than flying. Um, and uh, But the, the, the story was great. Probably my only two biggest like beefs with it were oh my gosh the uh the imprisoned, the imprisoned yeah, having <laughs> having to fight him <laughs> like multiple annoying. times and really the way you kind of maneuver around him as he's walking up the for people who don't know he he's like this giant hairy spiny blob that walks from like the bottom of this pit like up and around and you like follow him and you're trying to take him out as he's walking and <laughs> it's just not very well designed like the way you maneuver around him and stuff it's just not great and i think that's definitely an improvement they could make if they did a switch um hd remake um and i didn't love the um silent realm what was it called the silent realm silent yeah. realm um, just because I don't love sneaking around. That's like something I don't like in games. I've never liked it ever since Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone when you have to sneak around the library and you <laughs> Filch can't catch you. And I was so freaked out by that. And the cat, Mrs. Norris, is like walking around. You can't let her catch you either. Freaked me out. I hate sneaking around. <laughs> so I didn't like that for the Silent Realm either. Um, but all that aside, I still did really enjoy this game, truly. Um, so that's why I have it on my list. Okay, another one I need to play. I basically need to play every yeah, Legend too. of Zelda game that's yeah. ever come out. I'm, I missed out on Skyward Sword. I have it. Yeah, just, you do. Well, you should play some other games that <laughs> yes, I've given you. Yes, you're right. I should I should play Link Between Worlds. Or Arkham City. Hmm. Yeah, we each have one of the other uh, Zelda games and neither of us have touched them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny. Uh, 
All right. Well, for number seven, I have Bioshock Infinite. Hey. Hey. That's a uh, that was a good sequel to Bioshock. I mean, that's not a shot at Bioshock Two. I've never played it, so I can't. Mm-hmm. I'll I take can't a shot say at that Bioshock was bad or anything. You. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it. See my fire when ready. <laughs> um so bioshock infinite it's very it's very interesting um how it tackles its themes and <laughs> shut up <laughs> i see how you're laughing no i'm I laughing like at, i'm laughing at poodcast um i was not laughing at you for a change thank you um the themes in bioshock infinite it talks about america racism um so that's not you know, relevant at all <laughs> it's never been less relevant <laughs> um but just um the way it touches on those themes you know a lot of games um developers try and say that there's no politics in their games which is a bunch of hooey um <laughs> It's like it's in there. You, you could say it's not because you don't want to set off the, uh, you know, the militant gamer gators and whoever, um, and have them boycott, which is never successful anyway. So just mm-hmm. have some balls and say that there's politics in your games. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Bioshock <laughs> Infinite has politics in its game. Um, and it talks about American exceptionalism. I may have just Googled to remind me of what they were, but American exceptionalism and racism yeah. are both tackled. Um, I know there's the point early on when you land on... Um, I know exactly what you're going to uh, say. Columbia. Columbia, thank you. I was going to say Raptors. Like That's the other one. That's yeah. underwater, not in the air. Um, where you have Big the groups. baseball and you can choose yeah. to mm-hmm. throw it. Yeah, at who you throw it to. Or at, sorry. Wrong preposition. Yeah. Um, so, like, we all threw it at the Barker, right? Yeah, of course. I hardly know yeah. <laughs> um, One of my favorite parts, though, um, is, you know, Elizabeth has the ability to do the tears in time and space and how that influenced Columbia, uh, especially the music. Oh, all the yes. songs, there's, like, so, so many different styles of songs throughout, like, 80 songs. There's um, Tainted Love is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, girls just want to have fun is playing on the carousel or I think it's, it's on the boardwalk. Yeah. It's on the boardwalk. Yeah. And then, um, you get the barbershop quartet singing God only knows. Yep. Um, everybody and, and this game is set in like 1915 or something. Yeah. So yeah. all these songs are somehow being arranged by these, the citizens of, um, Columbia. I love but, that everybody wants to rule the world that plays over the ground. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wants to rule the world. Yes. Uh, and then the way it ties into the original game um, is very cool. Uh, I know there's some DLC that I actually have not played. I know Soundboard oh, has, yeah. so if he wants to touch on that. <gasps> yeah, it's real got, good. Yeah, the, Even I've it's played it. Oh, yeah. Angela, the, the sounds... The sounds is what I'm calling you. Yeah. You've played it. So <laughs> you wanna, if you want to speak on that at all, go for it. Yeah. Well, I have a question. Yes. Infinite is so far up my list. Do I talk about yeah, it we, now or yeah, do I talk about it. it at that time? Yeah, just don't don't say what number it is, but but we can I think it's about you it. can you can say yeah, what number it is, honestly. Like Yeah. It doesn't matter. Spoilers. Right. Uh, well, I have it on my list. <laughs> <laughs> For people who are 
listeners of Squad Up Podcast, you already know this is my favorite game. Uh, I just think it's so brilliant. I think it does so many cool things I've never seen in a game before. I adore the story, the setting, the graphics, the way that Elizabeth works with you. Um, but she's also not an impediment to you. You don't have to protect her. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was just like revolutionary what they did with Elizabeth. Um, I thought the uh, the music was great. And I was already said I loved the kinetoscopes and finding those throughout the game mm-hmm. and watching the old grainy black and white um, films. And, and the propaganda and all the political themes that's already been touched on. And and then the way that they, hopefully this isn't spoilers, you know, but they game. tie it in with mm-hmm. the way they tie it in with the original Bioshock. And it, what was funny for me was when I was playing it and Chris had already played it previously, so he knew everything that was about to happen. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I kept asking him, like, leading up to playing the game and even during playing the game, I said, I was like, they're not going to tie in Bioshock to this, right? And he's like, no, no. He's like, this is its own thing. It's just made by the same people. But like, it's not, you know, it's like in a similar vein, but they're not going to tie it in. And then that scene near the end with the the bird and and she puts her hand on the glass Mm -hmm. and then he dies and floats away and then you see the lights of rapture and I gave him the biggest death glare. Uh I just turned and looked at him I was like, I can't believe, I couldn't believe it. I was just like- I wanted her to be as surprised as I was when I played it because I believed all this and I was like, well, it's thematically a sequel to Bioshock. And and it made sense because there were definitely similarities. Oh yeah. There's always a man, there's always a city, there's always a lighthouse. Uh, I just now understood why it's Bioshock Infinite. Uh Uh-huh. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, because at the end (laughs) with all the infinite lighthouses and everything. It's just such a trippy ending. But I I, I mean, I played this game right when it came out. I I love this game. It's on my list a little bit later as well. but yeah, it's just, and you've all kind of already touched on all the things I love about it. And, you know, I mean, the combat itself is good too. And it's, it's feels more visceral than Bioshock's combat. I mean, when you have that grappling hook, the sky hook, um, and just, I love, first of all, that there is like a good 20, 30 minutes at the beginning of the game where there is no fighting. Yes. Because uh, Bioshock, they throw you right in. It's like, would you kindly find a wrench? And you get the wrench and then you're fighting splicers right there at the beginning. And this, you go to Columbia and you walk around and you listen to people talk and you listen to the radio and you get accustomed to... You go to the carnival. You go to the carnival. And then all of a sudden, like when it takes that turn, um, it goes from zero to a hundred so fast and it's just it's such a quick and brutal moment and then it's like all right we're not stopping now they somehow managed to make it a tutorial without being in your face about it that Mm -hmm. it was a tutorial and they didn't make it it didn't feel slow at all the way that you know what i was commenting on earlier with twilight princess Mm -hmm. like that was slow yeah um and even you know games that were that i'm gonna talk about later like jedi fall into order and horizon zero dawn like both those games are fantastic but they had really slow starts in my opinion story wise and gameplay wise and infinite i felt like the beginning was not slow at all it kept you just utterly compelled from the very beginning and 
it eased you in perfectly without you ever feeling bored about it. Uh, I also just realized how appropriate that song is at the beginning. Will the circle be unbroken? It ties uh-huh. in, and I just I'm, yeah. Thank you for this discussion because <laughs> now I'm realizing how great a lot everything of, is about this game. It's very thematically dense. I think Ken Levine is a really good writer. Um, I think um, you know he has a lot to say, and I think he finds very interesting ways to tie everything in like every every decision that is made like every every choice um which is appropriate for a bioshock game uh but every choice that he makes creatively there is a there's a good reason for it yeah and uh i won't say too much about the the dlc but the um buried at sea uh dlc that um brings you to an alternate universe where booker and elizabeth are in rapture and you get to see Rapture before uh, everything went to hell. So uh, good. Very Chef's good. Kiss. Very good. And yeah. yeah. And uh, hey, whenever there's more Sandra Cohen, that's a good thing in my book. <laughs> so. You know, I have talked about Bioshock Infinite at length on this podcast. If you've listened at all, you know it's my favorite game of all time. So you know probably what's going <laughs> to be on my list. And so what I'm going to do is talk about it anyway. Uh, this game is fantastic. <laughs> It's so good. I think about the first time you get to the lighthouse and you, the first time I got in the lighthouse, I got in the little capsule and I shot up to Columbia and you see that first shot of Columbia as you go into the sky and how I amazed I was at how that game looked. I think at that time, it was a lot easier to make a game look pretty when it was darker because you could do more with blacks than you could do with lights at the time. But at the time, light in video game wasn't as, it wasn't as, developed in a in a realistic sense um and so seeing that it was so kind of breathtaking and i think the characters to me seem so much more developed than they were in the first one i think the first one to me is still just a beautiful game and it's absolutely masterfully told but there's just something that connects with me a little bit more personally with bioshock infinite i think socially not just as a gameplay mechanic, but having um, Elizabeth be an independent person who can take care of herself and kind of do her own thing is a fantastic kind of character to have. Um, I think mm-hmm. uh, the, the the more you think about that game, and Danny is already kind of doing it, the more you start to pu- like put the puzzle pieces together, just how <laughs> perfectly crafted this video game is, and it's and to me, it's art. You know, it is an art form, and when people talk about video games and art form, that's the type of video game I point them to because it is just so perfectly put together. Uh, mm-hmm. I could talk about this game forever. It's fantastic. All right, we'll keep going. I, I was in a, actually. I just want to piggyback real quick. Yeah. In a, in a, Another group chat that I'm in, we're kind of having the discussion of can video games be art? And I was challenged, like, name an example. And I think Bioshock was the first or second game I mentioned. <laughs> um, and for all the reasons that that we've discussed here. Well, and it's, just... it's fantastic because it can spark so many different emotions. And the emotions that it sparks with me could be completely different than the emotions it sparks for you. And the mm-hmm. way, the reason you love the game can be, can be completely different. But we both love the game because it's that good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris, number seven. Number seven, Spider-Man. We already talked about it. Spider-Man, Spider-Man good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Angela, number seven. 
Um, Civilization Five. No, number seven is Skyward Sword. Isn't it? I oh, know. Well, she switched. We already went through this. You moved I switched. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't really. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Listen, this is all. This is all splitting hairs. I, I and these games are so it. different. Like it's really hard for me to rank yeah. them because it's really not fair. Um, Civilization Five is a PC strategy game. Um, where you go from, you know, like the Stone Age all up through into the Space Age, and you can win by means of uh, combat against other nations, or you can win by science, which is my favorite way to win, and Peach's favorite way to win uh, <laughs> Seven Wonders. Seven wonders. <laughs> Same deal. Same deal. Um, the thing I love about it, and this sounds awful, but like, this is the ultimate game of where you can just mindlessly click for hours. There's always something to click on. You're clicking on the next thing you're going to research. You're clicking on the next thing you're going to build in this city and that city and that city. You're clicking on the next available unit that you have and where do you want to move them? And you're clicking, you know, to build another city and it's click, 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 click. There's always something to do. And you can just sit, like you just veg out in front of the computer for hours and just, you know, like your mind is just completely taken away and you know it's just a nice way to like decompress and just not think about things <laughs> that got depressing sorry <laughs> damn um but it's just not <laughs> and and the other thing is too like the games that like games i'm about to talk about you know and and some that i already have like I, unlike Chris, like I, it, I have to get kind of like, I have to like psych myself up to play a game. Like I have to be in the right mood to play a game. Um, and I feel like, especially depending on what the game is, especially if it's like a darker game, um, I definitely have to be in the right mood to play it or else I'm just like, I don't have like the brain power for this right now. I don't have the energy. Like, I don't want to like go into this fighting game and like die a million times. Like, I just don't feel like it. You know, whereas Civilization is just so, like, there's no, there's nothing about it that's, like, dark. There's nothing about it that can, like, influence your mood at all. It's just nice, like, you know, kind of level, <laughs> emotion-wise, like, mm -hmm. very level <laughs> playing, you know, no, so. Because I remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, when I would watch my dad play uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein and, like, that game is intense and like it'd be a lot of fun like he had a lot of fun playing it i had fun I watching him play it but like he would after a while he'd be like i need to stop because <laughs> he just it was too intense after a while like it's just it takes a lot out of you and civilization is just a nice kind of respite from from that kind of gameplay so the end i have a feeling i have a similar feeling with dark like darker movies i'm very picky about when i watch certain movies because i just don't Sometimes you just don't have it in you, right? There's so much negativity going on in the world uh, that sometimes you just don't really want to be, you know, kind of engrossed in that. And so it's good to have mm -hmm. these kind of more lighthearted or things that you don't necessarily have to put as much thought into that you can just kind of do. Veg out is a perfect uh, description, I think. Oh, is it my turn? It's your turn. For another game? Number six. Number six is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I'm hey. sure that wow. um, another <laughs> top ten. That might be in my list somewhere. <laughs> um, I, there's not much to say about it. I mean, it's Super Smash Brothers. It's got everything, every character, everyone is here. 
so many stages from all the other games. It's a great series. Um, all the DLC that's been added has been unique. Each character has. I mean, we're we're breaking down walls. We have um, personas represented now. We have. We finally got Dragon Quest in Smash. Uh, Banjo Kazooie, baby. There they are. Back on Nintendo, um, it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. I love playing it with all of you, squatties. <laughs> My squatties. Me squatties. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's it's just great fun. You know, it's a love letter to the series as a whole, and um, you know, take it take it away, Sound Lord. Yeah, it's it's high on my list as well. Um, I have talked before. My love of Super Smash Brothers is is well documented on this show. I know Danny said that there's not much to say, but I seem to remember doing two episodes because we ran out of time talking about. Smash That's Smash what Smash I meant. So, there's not much new yeah. to say. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, the game had barely come out yet. What I want. So I could talk about the you know, how much fun I have playing multiplayer in Smash Brothers, but I have forever, mm-hmm. um, you know, ever since the original. Um, having every character in the game is uh, from the previous games is just so much fun. Um, all the new characters, I was so glad they brought in Ridley. Uh, now that they're bringing in third-party characters, having Mega Man was always a dream of mine, and for granted he was in for Smash 4. Um, but Banjo and Kazooie, as I have said many times was my number one most wanted and never thought it would happen and it did and they are perfect they're everything i wanted them to be uh something i want to talk about for smash brothers i was thinking of like what what, what's new to talk about is that uh we don't really talk about anymore because we all finish it like the first two weeks came out but world of light uh and the whole spirit system and the way that they the way they were able to bring in so many other characters by making spirits. And some of the spirit battles are incredibly clever. Like, uh, Angela, I know you hate the imprisoned, but the imprisoned spirit battle in the game is amazing. What it is, it's it's in Gerudo Valley, and you're fighting a giant gray King K. Rule. Uh, and it's just standing there, and you have to knock it off the screen. And he keeps walking towards you slowly. Uh, and, and it's just the, and all the spirit battles like that are, it's just really clever how they did that. Um, and world of light, the, the single player mode uh, that has sort of a loose story to it is great, but it has one of my favorite moments in super smash brothers, which I did not mention on the episode that we did about smash brothers, because not all of you had gotten to it yet, but I can say it now. When you get to play as Master Hand at the end of World of Light, when I realized what was happening, I just got the biggest, biggest smile on my face. It was like, wow, I never knew, I never thought that would happen. And and just like major, major props to to Masahiro Sakurai and his team because the, the attention to detail and love that they put into every single character uh, that they... Um, <laughs> Well, Peaches, now you have incentive. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, every single character and every single stage and all the music, like it, it is a love letter to video games. And it's just, uh, you know, it is a game. I can't see them ever topping it. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how 
There may be other Smash Brothers games in the future, but I don't think there will ever be another one that feels like this. I really like Smash Brothers until I played Chris last time and he beat me 20 times in a row. And then I just I'm haven't sorry. picked up the game ever since. Oh my god, that's me with Mario Kart. <laughs> that's, that's me when I play against you in Marvel vs. Capcom. That's also so, true. Yeah. It's, it's the I used to be so good at Mario Kart on my Game Boy Advance, and then I played it on the Wii U <laughs> and Switch with him and hated my life. It really so. messes with your confidence, doesn't it? Uh-huh. And that's all of you when we play Jackbox. Yeah. Yes. Screw you. But when you're not around, then it's him. Danny. No. Anyway, I'm sorry. Smash Ultimate is a good game. We've talked about it a lot. Um, Yeah. We might have an episode coming up about talking about fighting games, and Smash will be a part of that. It'll be a a, a good part of that discussion. Um, Smash, if you consider it a fighting game, I think we all do, is the number one selling fighting game of all time and not by a small margin either it is like head and shoulders above any other fighting game they've ever put out there and it's also the one that's the most different so maybe uh maybe nintendo's got a a good idea on stuff it has a very broad appeal absolutely yeah so chris uh what number are we on six we're on number six we already talked about this game bioshock infinite booyah yeah big fan Angela, what's your six? <laughs> My number six is Spider-Man. Hey! hey. Wow. We're really moving wow. along now. We right. really are. <laughs> Back to me. I Wait, think. hold on. Uh, before we get to number five, oh, I posed oh. a question to each of you before we started oh. this list. What is uh, one yes. game... I definitely thought of <laughs> What is one game that you have played that you wish more other people played this decade? Hmm. Does it have to be on our top 10? Uh, no, it doesn't. In fact, if you want to pick just some random game that you just had a good time with that isn't necessarily a maker list, that's perfect too. Oh, jeez. Um... Don't everybody speak at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Well... I should have told you guys about this at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get to think. I was too busy thinking of the ones I've already written yeah, down. Everyone, everyone who's on next week, you're going to be ready for this. Question. Well, I, um, we already, I already touched on it earlier, but um, the first Tomb Raider game. I mean, I don't pay a lot of attention to what's happening in the gaming community, but like, I just, I feel like I remember the first one coming out and just like not hearing much about it. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I feel like. People didn't really get all that excited about it. Um, it didn't help, I think, that the movie flopped. Yeah, the movie <laughs> when was it bad. Came out. Um, but like, you know, I only discovered the game like recently because it was cheap on Steam, and I was looking for a game like in that vein, that kind of first or third person, you know, action adventure, open world kind of deal, and. I have really been enjoying it and I really look forward to playing the sequels. And I was just kind of like, why is everyone sleeping on this? Like I thought, I thought it, I think it's really well done the first one. So I don't know why I didn't hear anything about it. I have my answer. What's your answer? Well, it's probably underplayed because it's on PlayStation VR and that's under sold, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But the Astrobot game is fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's a little that's that VR platformer, right? 
Yeah, it's it's so well done. It's it's got so much charm. Uh, of course, it's only on PlayStation VR, so very small percentage of PlayStation users have access to it. But if it ends up somehow becoming more popular and uh, uh, more of a widely used platform, then definitely Astrobot. It's uses the VR to such great effect. You're able to like look around the world as you move your little robot buddy around. Uh, the gameplay's really fun. It's, like I said, so charming. Uh, if you ever get a chance to play it, definitely do that. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun playing it when you when you brought it up last year. Um, like I said, I, I was just, I never thought of VR for a 3D platformer, but being the camera, so as you're moving through and being like, what's over here? Yeah, and like turning your head to look around corners and stuff. This is really, really cool idea. I enjoyed that. Um, I, I'm going to say uh, this is actually a game I played a lot when I first got my Switch. Uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, I am a fan of like falling block puzzle games. And what they did, it's it's Reese's, it's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup of... Uh, um, of puzzle games it's you got puyo puyo and my tetris so you got tetris and my puyo puyo and you can play just puyo puyo and if you might know puyo puyo as uh dr robotnik's mean bean machine um was tetris attack puyo puyo as well or is that another puzzle game i forget but that's the one where you have the matching blobs and you have to match up uh colors uh, but what's really fun is when there, there are modes where you can just play one or there's a mode where you switch between Tetris and then you switch back to Puyo Puyo. Um, but there's also a mode where you... Uh, <laughs> um, there will be a Tetris, a Tetris block will drop down and then you get two Puyos that drop down and you can actually squish the, the Puyos with, with the Tetris blocks. And it, it's just a really fun, uh, fun game. It has like this really goofy story mode that goes along with it uh but yeah no i, I it's a game i had a lot of fun playing uh <laughs> when I, when I and this food uh, when, 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 in this food yeah puyo puyo doki doki yep good answers guys all right danny number five number five is portal two um I can't believe this is one of those games where I'm like, that came out this yeah, decade. I didn't have right? it at my first pass through. Then I, I looked. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Uh, Portal 2 is the sequel to Portal, which is another game I love. Uh, Portal 2 added a co-op mode, which is when I think back on Portal 2, that's actually what I think of first, uh, even above Cave Johnson. Um, that was, I got that it on a Steam sale at some point. Um, and Soundlord and I played through the co-op campaign together. Uh, this was, yeah. um, he was in Orlando at this time, I believe. I was in Orlando. I remember I was yeah. in New Jersey, um, still, um, uh-huh. playing. I remember sitting down in the living room at night <laughs> playing on my laptop. Actually, when I had a laptop that would play mm-hmm. games. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of fun. The puzzles... Uh, they add elements. Now you barely have a laptop hmm? for the podcast. <laughs> As I now you barely have a laptop. I know for the what podcast. happened. It's, just, it's uh, been a decade yeah. <laughs> and falling apart here. Um, yeah. Uh, the puzzles, the elements they added to the game with the uh, the repulsion gel and the other thing that slowed you down or whatever. I, these mm. games. Yeah, like yeah the one. games that I love so much, I don't know anything about. 
Um, but of yeah. course, as I said, Gabe Johnson, J.K. Simmons, that was that's a great character. Glados is oh yeah always entertaining, uh, and just I mean the concept behind the game. I know it's the sequel, but just portals as a it's just as a concept is so amazing. It's it's so fun. Just like the first level, you just kind of mess around and see like what you can do, and you get to pick up the block and you drop it and make it go <laughs> yeah and then you shoot it out when you move the other portal it's just so great um it's a very good time i would love to replay it at some point or play portal three who knows yeah come on valve learn to count to three. Um, portal did have the superior uh, credit song sadly as peaches said but um i you know I really, I think the Portal Two credit song is underrated. It didn't become a meme like uh, like Still Alive did, but I think that it's it's still a really that's good song. fair. I don't remember it, so I'll have to side with Peaches on this. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair too, because um, <laughs> it didn't get memed to death yeah, like uh, Still Alive. Anyway, Portal Two would, is great. Uh, I believe I had that in my top five games of all time as well. Yeah, Portal Two is just fantastic the um you mentioned jk simmons uh that game has three of the best voice acting performances in all of video games i think jk simmons as cave johnson wheatley yes wheatley stephen merchant is wheatley and uh and ellen mclean is glad i knew there was somebody i was uh, Wheatley. yeah you can't forget wheatley Uh, the the whole learning how to oh oh yeah no one knows this which I think of every time I ride Space Mountain. Gotta go to space. Gotta go to space. <laughs> Freeze. It's a space cops. <laughs> Dad, are you space? Yes. Dad, I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> like, it is the it is a hilarious game. But then there are, like, these real great moments of, like, pathos to it as well. Um, I, and and the, the puzzles. I mean, they took. I mean, Portal was a short game. It was a great game, but it was a short game. And they're like, how are they going to make a longer version of Portal? without it getting old and first of all adding the two gels was a was a great new element uh but the uh the the puzzles in that game are just brilliant and they are the kind that i i remember distinctly just finishing a puzzle and feeling so smart <laughs> that i'd figured it out and i think that's a really great uh just a great feeling that a game can provide to you is that uh, a real sense of accomplishment uh, this is my number five game too, by the way. So I'll just get that out of the way now. Yay, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the writing is hilarious. Uh, the scenario, um, gosh, Wheatley telling you about the ghosts <laughs> that are not ghosts that are not supernatural at all. Uh, Stephen Merchant just gives a, a hilarious performance. And every time I see him in something now, I, I, I still think of, of Wheatley. Um, Oh, the Adventure Core is great too, as Peach has just mentioned in the uh, in in the chat. The Adventure Core, <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's, it's just it's. I, I think everyone should play both Portal and Portal Two. Uh, I th- I think that they are. It, it's just a, a great concept, um, perfected, and uh, it's. Uh, super super enjoyable and one of the best uh one of the best uh ui jokes ever uh with uh the part where he kills you 
Well, this is the part where he kills you. Hello, this is the part where I kill you. Chapter 11, the part where he kills you. Achievement unlocked, the part where he kills you. <laughs> and it's just, it, it's, it's, you know, they find so many different ways to be funny. What you're doing is jumping. You're not saying hi, you're jumping. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, I, I'm just going to stop because I'm just going to devolve into doing a bunch of out-of-context yes. quotes now. The, so, the, yeah. I don't know what it is about um, Portal. But something about the camera gets me sick. And I don't know what it is specifically about Portal's camera and the way you move around, but I get so queasy playing that game. I've played the first Portal all the way through. I haven't finished Portal 2. But mm. man, that game is it's tough. I'm also just kind of a weenie. So that like <laughs> probably has something to do with it. Mm. I get like motion sickness on roller coasters and stuff. I but yeah, man, that gave me sick sick motion sickness. Yeah. It's a lot of quick movement. There's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. I feel bad because, and I mean, we keep saying there's so many games, but it's true. I've had Portal and Portal 2 sitting in my Steam library for... Decade. Five years, I think. Um, I started Portal, and it's it was very enjoyable, uh, but that's as far as I got. I haven't, I haven't touched Portal 2, so... I do want to get there. Otherwise, I'm sure if I had actually played those, one one or both would have been on my list. So, You know, I, I regret talking about how many games I haven't played on this podcast because now anytime I want to buy a new game, I have to explain to my wife why this new game is worth me not playing all the games that I have sitting around <laughs> that I haven't played. <laughs> and it always makes for a tough conversation. <laughs> Angela, number five. My number five is Horizon. 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 Horizon's your own. Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> um, so this just kind of happened like on a whim. Uh, they were doing their like big sale on the PS4 um, online store over the holidays and I was interested in picking up a few games that, you know, I'd heard good things about or Chris had heard good things about and he told me about them and he, you know, like he had told me, oh, people are saying Horizon Zero Dawn is great, like open world game. And he knows I really enjoy those, you know, just like with Breath of the Wild and Spider-Man and all those. Um, so I, that was one of the games I bought. And like I mentioned earlier, the beginning's real slow. Um, it is the story is slow uh, and you know you, when you start to <laughs> when you start to uh, learn your skills and all that stuff it's okay but it is still very you know tutorial slowness um, but once you get into it man it, it is really good it's a really um, interesting way of fighting uh, the creatures that you fight are really strange you know the these mechanical beasts um and no spoilers Robbie I've I mean I've not gotten as far as him he started the game after me and now he's like way past me in the game because I got distracted by Jedi Fallen Order um mm -hmm. but like you really don't know for a little bit like why you're fighting these these things like how did they come to be like and the girl that you're playing she's kind of this like outcast and orphan and you don't really know what her deal is either why she, why they cast her out of this tribe um, so it's kind of a big mystery. And so I just love these games with the open worlds and the intriguing stories. And um, I feel like this had really innovative um, gameplay and I'm really excited to keep playing it. So 
I haven't started it yet. I've watched her play it some, and I'm very excited to get into it, but I have not made the time because I have so many games. <laughs> it's another game on the list of Eduardo started this game and never finished it. Yeah. I started it a couple weeks ago for like the third time. You can only <laughs> hear somebody scream Aloy's name so many times before you start not wanting to do that opening scene ever again. I've mm. done that opening. I've, tri- I've tried playing this game like from like from the beginning three different times. And man, I just never want to play that opening ever again. <laughs> and it's not, I, I feel bad because I feel like I'm not giving the game a chance. But right now there's just so much to play. So much to play. But we'll get there. I'll get there eventually. Danny, have you cracked open Horizon Zero Dawn? Uh, not yet. I did get it, uh, but I have not played it yet. All right. Well. So there's. There we go. So there's you that on that. Maybe <laughs> my thoughts of my thoughts on Horizon Zero Dawn. All right. Well, I will continue talking with my number four game, Link's Awakening. Which I know we had this conversation about whether remakes count. I don't care. Whatever. I'm putting this as my number four game because I love this game. The Switch game is beautiful. It's the the style they went with. Um, it's just so cute and charming. It looks like a Rinkin' Bass movie. Uh, that's Rudolph for those who don't know. <laughs> I know something. Um, Congrats. Thank you. Um, it's just, it's the story is great. Um, it kicks you in the butt at the end. Um, it's, it's just, it stands up. I mean, it's a pretty faithful recreation of the original game. Um, the only difference is, is some, there's some control, um, control adjustments they've made where you have since you have more than two buttons that were available on the game boy they make it a little easier to uh do combat you don't have to keep switching out weapons by pausing and uh uh, assigning buttons to different items so yeah that's helpful they include the color dungeon from the game boy color version of the game so it's the it's got everything from the past um I don't know if this is going to be on anybody else's list since it is a remake and I don't know people feel differently about that, but mm-hmm. that's fine. Uh, I mean, it's I a love pretty it. big change from the original, even though the yeah. game itself is basically the same. I mean, almost for the new art style alone, I think it's pretty different. And then of course it adds Dompe's dungeon building. That's true. Uh, I haven't, I haven't done much of that, honestly. I've done a few mm-hmm. stages of it, so that's not even factoring into my... Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I know you're a Link's Awakening fan. Yeah, so. <laughs> again, that was another one that was in my top five, so of course it's going to be here. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about it too long. So. I haven't played it yet, but I want to. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's... What she said. <laughs> that yeah. I have played it. <laughs> it's great (laughs) yeah i i really really do like the the art style for it the how it looks like a little diorama or something like yeah i i had never really made the the uh the rank and base uh uh, um connection before but yeah he is basically one of the elves isn't he from uh from rudolph yeah he wants to be a dentist (laughs) yes that's that's the secret quest they had it actually the becoming a dentist yes um i i also want to mention the music is just so good 
uh, oh gosh, there's actually that, a video. Yeah, there's a YouTube channel, Eight Bit Music Theory. They did a video in the last few months about the arrangements for this game because you know it's a Game Boy game originally. And the Game Boy is very limited in what audio it could put out. Um, so there's the it's like a, a wind quintet sextet depending on the song yeah. uh arrangements of all the original songs and they're just so good um i could listen to the soundtrack uh, all day yeah i don't know if I, I love the use of the toy piano in the in mabe village mm-hmm. um but i think my favorite little musical flourish is how when you get to the end of the game they have the heroic version of the tall tall heights music and like the the kettle drums and the strings come in and it like like in addition to all the other instruments it's yeah it's it's a really really well done remake yeah definitely definitely uh, if you haven't played Link's Awakening before um you can get it for cheap on the DS uh <laughs> store but um uh, but honestly the to have it on the Switch it's uh superior it, version yeah yeah definitely i mean just the just the graphics alone i think and and the upgraded music it's a it's definitely a game worth playing chris number four number four um oh yes uh i have going way back to the beginning of the decade here super mario galaxy 2 super mario galaxy 2 is a perfect game i think uh, and it's number four for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I love. Yeah, well, it it is perfect. It does everything it sets out to achieve um, in, a, in a very great way. Uh, I actually I remember the original Super Mario Galaxy got a lot of praise. And I actually it took me a while to get into it because I was a little disappointed in it. And I realized what it was is that. I was expecting a game in the vein of Super Mario 64 or Super Mario Sunshine or or the Banjo-Kazooie games where it's like an open sandbox uh, platforming game. And the Galaxy games are not that. The Galaxy games are, if you took the Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario World game and made it 3D. And with the added uh, you know, twist of, of the whole gravity system with, with the different galaxies. Uh, so when I accepted that, I liked Mario Galaxy a lot more. And then Mario Galaxy 2 came out, and I fell in love with that game immediately. Uh, it's a fantastic, uh, just pure... If, if you enjoy 3D platforming, it is it is like just pure platforming with a little bit of Mario charm to it. Uh, great music. The, uh, I remember one of the galaxies in it is a throwback galaxy, which is a remake of one of the levels in Super Mario 64. Uh, but it's got a big band playing the theme instead of, uh, you know, instead of being synthesized. Uh, the improvements over the original galaxy include the fact that you can actually have Yoshi in this game. It's, uh, it is just a, a joy from beginning to end. It is uh, a lot of challenge, a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, as far as games that are pure 3D platformers go, I think Mario Galaxy 2 is the best. Yeah. Does anyone, any of y'all played it? Uh, I know you played it a little bit. Yeah, I've yeah. played, I don't know how far I got, but it was really fun. I don't have anything intelligent to say about Mario because I'm not super well versed in Super Mario. Um, 
I've dabbled here and there, um, but I had a good time. Yeah, and and playing through it as Luigi is fun because you unlock Luigi at the end of the game, and then you can play through everything. Luigi handles a little bit differently and get different stars. And uh, yeah, yeah, and I don't know if it was the fir- if the original Galaxy did it or not, um, but uh, the 3D Mario's have sort of had a tradition now where the final level is some ridiculously insane challenge. And and the one in Galaxy 2 is called The Perfect Run, and you have to get through this gauntlet of a level without getting hit once. And there are Hammer Brothers and Lava and all these other obstacles to avoid. Uh, but yeah, it's just, a, it's just a lot of fun. I actually haven't played it. Um, I missed out on a few of the later Wii games. Um, I'm uh. noticing... Yeah, yeah, Skyward Sword as well, Galaxy 2. Um, do you have Galaxy 2? I don't think I do. Oh, um, well, I think it's available to download on the Wii U if you haven't played it. Okay. So check that out. But I highly, I give it a very high recommendation. <laughs> Clearly. You know, when I said I hadn't played a bunch of the Zelda games, I wasn't like sad or ashamed about it. I'm pretty ashamed to say I haven't played either of the Mario Galaxy games. Really? Uh, as somebody who really loves Mario and has played basically every single one except these two. Oh, man. I'm very sad to say I have not. Um, I think Mar- the Mario Galaxy games that came out in high school when I discovered that girls existed. <laughs> and, you know my interest just kind of went elsewhere for a short period of time, just around the time these two games went out, you know, now that I'm older and, you know, remember that video games treat me right. <laughs> I should probably go back and play them. Um, but man, I did you need to just, I'm so angry that I didn't have a Wii U because they kept re-releasing all these games on the Wii U, but just do that for the Switch, please. Just do it for the Switch. I don't want to have to go buy a Wii U. Nobody, come on. I don't want to do that. Come on. Just, just come on, man. Angela? Yes. Number four. Number four, I have Jedi Fallen Order, um, which I am currently playing. And I am really enjoying it. I, um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, Star Wars nerd. I loved playing uh, the old Star Wars Battlefront games, the first one and the second one. In, the second one that was in 2005, not the EA one. <laughs> two one, not um, two two. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this, I feel like, is like the story mode I always wanted, you know? Because those games are just mostly you just get thrown into a battle and you queue up several battles like on different planets and you play those all in a row and um but this is an actual story an actual playthrough an actual open world type deal because you you know they give you several planets to choose from that you can go to and you can keep coming back to like once you learn new skills you can go back to planets you've been to and find new stuff with your new skills and um you don't have to continue with the story right away. You can go do other stuff. Again, recurring theme with the games that I like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've just been really enjoying it. I The story's not as compelling as some of the other games that I've mentioned so far, I don't think. Um, but I am still enjoying it. And I am still, you know, interested to see where it goes with this Eno Cordova guy and, and you know, the Inquisitor lady 
second sister or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this gal that Cal is flying around with and she, you know, cut herself off from the force and, you know, whatever her deal is. So I'm just, I am interested to see where that all goes. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, The Fallen Order is a really good time. I don't think it does story particularly well, but it does world building so yeah. well. Like the world building in that game is fantastic. Yeah. The setting, um, it really feels like you're in like the Star Wars universe there. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of people that want a game to feel like Star Wars, but to not be a mainline. Like, you know, people have had, are kind of fatigued by the main, you know, the Skywalkers and the kind mm-hmm. of like main trilogy. But I think there's a lot, kind of a breath of fresh air to get in the Star Wars universe, but separate. I think it's the same like feverish love people have with the Mandalorian right now, how it yes. is a lot of Star Wars world building, but not part of that main story. And I feel like these stories that are being told right now are so much better than the Star Wars stories we got, you know, with Solo and Rogue One. Sorry to all the Rogue One lovers (laughs) out there. Peaches. Um, (laughs) But, like, I feel like these stories, it's funny how, like, they're kind of their own thing, not related to the Skywalker saga, and yet they manage to help fill in the blanks a little bit still somehow. Like, the way that this game starts to piece together what happened after the purge and you know how we got from the clone troopers to the empire and actual stormtroopers and you know just i'm starting to see the pieces you know as i play and it's been really fascinating and um and and discovering these new planets and stuff though it's cool that they threw like Kashyyyk in there you know the Wookiee planet so like it is a place we've seen in the movies but you know other planets like Zepho like that's completely new um so yeah I think it's just I think it's been really well done and, and I'm interested to see where it goes I will say out of everything I like about that game the Wookiees are a nightmare yeah they don't look great actually <laughs> they, they do not look yeah. great yeah that's a good point. I just it looks like every Wookiee has dreadlocks all over their body. Yeah. <laughs> it is they look so weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good game though, but the Wookiees look really messed up. <laughs> if I were farther in this game, it very well might have been on my list. I actually started out oh, she got it for me for my birthday. Um which was last month. And I started out and Early on, you get a choice because you can kind of go to whatever planet you want. And what I like about it, it's it, it, it's kind of in the vein of Metroid where you're, where you can go expands as you get more abilities. And um, I made the mistake of they give you a choice of going to two planets at the beginning. You can either go to Zepho, which is where the main storyline is, or you can go to Dathomir. And I went to Dathomir. And that was a mistake because Dathomir is where you're supposed to go when you're good at the game. And I was not good at the game yet. I hadn't gotten most of my powers yet. Uh, and it is unforgiving and brutal. <laughs> and uh, yeah. when you die, you have to wait like two minutes for the game to load again because they load everything that, at once. That was one of the, there is a specific part where you're at the bottom of like an up ramp and there are two long range guys and then like a, like a short range guy, whatever. Uh-huh. And I, played that section over and over and that's over. that's what i was playing the other day is it you talk, with the slope there's the uh-huh. there's a short there's a long range guy over here and a long range guy right in front of you at the top of the slope uh-huh. with the and the short range the, guy the right short, there the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the three night that brothers sucks yeah 
And when I was playing, it was really weird is that they wouldn't load in right away, even though it was taking five and minutes And you would to get load. to the top of the ramp, and then suddenly and then they just show up there. And then slide over to their spot. That was so bizarre. Was so yes, I know exactly what you're <laughs> It got to the point where I would load in, and I would wait 30 seconds for them to also load in, yeah. and then I would start going. Yeah. But then I went to Zepho and started getting, now I can force push things, and I have a double-bladed lightsaber. And uh, I met Saw Gerrera, and just like it's really cool how they're bringing in different things. And uh, I've, I, I'm a big fan of the Darth Vader comics that Marvel has put out, and there are characters from those comics that are uh, in the game. From the I don't know if they're from the ones you've read. They're from the the ones that are set between three and four. Um, but mm. like the Purge Troopers are from that. Um, one of the Inquisitors from the game it was in the comics first. The Ninth Sister, I think, is. Well, she is, she's the, 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 the ninth sister. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's really cool. I, um, uh, I've, I've been really enjoying it. So I, I just got to Kashyyyk, uh, and, uh, you know, I can hack things now and overcharge things. And I love, I love BD one, the, the little droid that rides on your shoulder and stuff. I think that's a, a really clever way to make the UI actually something that you want to, uh, you know part of the game and also a way to give you different abilities he's like a droid version of elizabeth yeah yeah bd1 buddy he's your buddy bd1 buddy (laughs) that's like an actual thing boy that that, that, is that where the name (laughs) came from that's that's cute i i get that now elizabeth yeah (laughs) All right, All Danny. Those beeps mean book or catch. <laughs> <laughs> number three. Pick number three, my lord. <laughs> All right. Number three. My number three game of the decade is Cuphead. Hey. Which was mentioned earlier in a not top 10 position, but Cuphead. Um, I remember when it was announced. I was like, oh, this game looks, like, visually just looks amazing. It's obviously a matches up with like 30s cartoons classic animation and then looking into it there's so many references to uh that era of cartoons of things i didn't know some of them i recognize but i watched a video after finishing the game i was like this is probably reference to this like wow they really uh really dedicated a lot to that era um actually i didn't get the game until obviously it came out on switch but then even after that, um, we were playing it uh, in New Jersey before the sound wedding. Um, yeah, and it was right. a lot of fun playing with the with the groomsmen and the groom uh, in that. I enjoyed it. And then the photographer, and then the photographer showed up and everyone's like, I thought he was showing up an hour later. <laughs> we were just stupid idiots, of course. And I had a moment of stress. <laughs> One single moment. Glad I didn't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the game is fun. Uh, it's a uh, very tough, very challenging, especially uh, I've completed it, uh, did a run through all the stages and everything, and then, okay, the next go-around is the no-hit runs. That's hard. That's very hard. Uh, the game is challenging, but uh, you never feel like it's unfair. Uh, they did a good job of balancing the difficulty and with entertainment and fun. So uh, just so many things that I love about that game uh, is all come together in that package. Um, and then, of course, the multiplayer, the co-op is fun. I'm looking forward to the expansion whenever that does come out. 
uh, adding the third yeah. character and then some more stages and bosses but it's just all of it is great the music um just another throwback to that era it's so entertaining and i know other people in the squad uh enjoy this game quite a bit too so i'm sure we'll see it pop up again you will it's such a good yeah. game man it's so the the art style is timeless um and i don't know man it's just it's so perfect um I, I, you know you talk i think the way people talk about hollow knight as a game and how it's such a complete experience that's how i feel about cuphead um and i think it's just so much fun man it's just a fun time even if it's frustratingly difficult at times it is still so satisfying when you complete a level there's such a feeling of accomplishment um yeah it's just a good time all around i love king dice's uh, mm-hmm. theme song <laughs> oh and the music the, yeah, music, the music in that great. game is so good so good I like the filters that you can unlock, or like to put it in black and white, or uh, and and the fact that there's like film scratches and stuff. Uh, just they a hundred and ten percent committed to that uh that nineteen thirties animation aesthetic, and I'm a big fan of that. Uh, it's honestly, I I would love to see a uh, some kind of Disney game done in that style. I, I think, you know, like if Epic Mickey had looked like that or something, like how cool would that be? But the tech, the technology just was not there, obviously, back then. Uh, but I hope that I hope that Cuphead is the first of uh, of maybe a, a cool little renaissance of that art style in video games. I think that would be great. I know there's like one other game that's coming out that looks a lot like Cuphead in a lot of ways. It almost <laughs> it looks very inspired by Cuphead. Which is yeah. not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, uh, but I'd love to see new other games, other genres tackled with that art style. I think would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's great, Chris. Number three. My number three. We've already talked about it. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. All right, go on another hour long <sighs> diatribe about what? this game. It's good. Banjo. We <laughs> are in at the end. I would have already been wrong. I thought this was going to be number one. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's probably that. That's probably the biggest surprise. I I struggled with where to put my top three. Got it. The last two, I know what they are, and uh-huh. now I'm questioning the placement. You're of questioning the, two. the placement. Yeah. Yeah. Angela, number three. My number three is Super Mario Odyssey. Um, so what's funny is I like Mario. Like it's okay, but I've never gotten super into the Mario franchise. Like I'll play it here and there. You know, I've played various iterations over the last couple decades on, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. Um, I never finished a Mario game. I get easily frustrated, um, especially in the the side scrolling, you know, traditional Mario levels. Um, I guess it's just the kind of game that like I'm cool with playing it occasionally, but it just never stuck with me. I wasn't like determined enough to finish it. And then this game, like, and it literally just dawned on me now about this game, but it's like you take the theme of the other games that I like of open world and side quests and all these things, and then you make it Mario. And that's what this game is. You know, because you can keep going back to other planets you've been to 
right? Planets. Uh-huh. Oh, well, no, the, the, the planets are in galaxy. These are kingdoms. Kingdoms. Kingdoms on, kingdoms. on Earth. You can go back to these kingdoms multiple times and find things you couldn't find before. And um, yeah, it's just, it's super fun and super, you know, light in terms of the the vibe of it. So kind of what I was saying before about not always wanting to play a dark game, you know, this was a real joy to play. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I adore this game. I I talked about Super Mario Galaxy two earlier and how that was a uh, you know a sort of a pure platforming game and how how I was initially disappointed in the first Galaxy because I was expecting something more like Mario sixty four or Mario Sunshine. This is the next step of that uh it it reminds me in a lot of ways even more than mario 64 or sunshine it reminds me of the banjo kazooie games from the n64 uh and and those are some of my favorite games of all time so i i love the big open sandbox platform games where there are all these different missions you can do to earn stars or moons or shines or whatever they are they're moons in this game of course um the characters are great it's it's if you took a Mario platforming game and gave it the personality of a Paper Mario or a Mario and Luigi game, which I love those games too. And I think those games are a ton of fun because of the personality and the storylines and, and the funny characters. And this game has all of that. Um, the the side-scrolling bits where you turn into 8-Bit Mario and how you can get different costumes. And then there are like the new 8-Bit versions of like, Mario and a Sombrero, or Skeleton Mario, or Astronaut Mario. Um, the music is outstanding. I was actually listening to the soundtrack at work today, thinking about how much I wanted to talk about Mario Odyssey tonight. Um, Jump Up Superstar. I mean, they gave this this this, Mar- this is a Mario game that has like two songs with lyrics. Uh, you've got that, and then the Break Free, the rock song that comes out of nowhere at the end when you get to capture bowser and play as bowser at the end and and the whole capture mechanic with cappy where you're like oh i'm gonna be a goomba now and this just endlessly creative uh the entire game the new the new range of motion they gave you uh how you can use cappy um as a uh not just to capture things but as ways to like extend your jumping and stuff like it added a lot of really cool uh depth to the platforming um Every, everything you do gets rewarded. I mean, the game is full of moons and like everything you do, um, it, they, it, it just uh, bring, uh, like there's just a surprise around every corner. Uh, it really scratches that lizard brain part that is just like, likes to be rewarded for, for doing things, for accomplishing things. And it is, in my opinion, just one of the most joyous games I've ever played. The, uh, um, the new donk city festival at the end uh or not at the end or in in new donk city is just <laughs> one of the happiest moments i've ever had in a video game playing through the new donk city festival uh again it's it's a mario game that is made by people who grew up playing mario games uh which is not necessarily something i think we'd ever really seen before but all the kids who grew up on mario are now working for nintendo working with the geniuses who've been making Mario for years. And it's just just one of my absolute favorite gaming experiences playing that game. 
it is my number two. Uh, <laughs> I will say that now uh, on this list. Yeah, it's also my number two. Um, I don't know how much more I can add. I know the biggest thing for me is what you said. It's just sort of joyous. It's like playing it just uh, it makes me happy. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly what you said. Time yeah, that. there's just so many moments where it's just like, oh, wow, it's so cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's just so well designed. The variety in the kingdoms, uh, just seeing the costumes that you can get as you progress mm-hmm. through the game. It's always fun just dressing Mario up. Then they did a photo mode too, which is always a nice addition. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's so much to do. And then once you beat the main story, you go to the moon, all the challenges on the moon. Uh, there's uh-huh. just how many, what, what's the number of power moons in the game? There are I th- something like 700 or something. Yeah, there's a lot. It's some ridiculous. And you can get, you can actually get up to 999. Yeah, because then you can buy all together. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just so fun, so much fun to play. Yeah, seven fifty, I think, is the is the number of moons, and then you can buy another two hundred and forty nine. Yeah, but it's it's um, it's just such a fun game to play, and yeah. uh, not much more. Eight eighty. Not much more I can add to what the other two have said already. Yeah. And so I think I want to add to talk about there are eight hundred and eighty moons, as Peach has just found out, and, and yet. I, I still I collected all of them and it didn't feel like a chore. Whereas like there are other collectathon type games like uh, even Mario Sunshine. I never got all the shine sprites because I just got tired of trying to find blue coins that you could then trade in. Uh, it was just so much more fun to do it in Mario Odyssey. And uh, shout Mario out to Odyssey the Steam is just, theme. A, <laughs> it's just such a good time. Yeah. It's just fun. It is just. And, you know, we have talked about this a couple times, but in, in an era of video games where everything is very, is kind of gone, movies are like this as well, but they've gone very dark. It is always nice to see just something that's just a good time. Something that's just fun, it's pure, it's joy, it's just good. Um, with as much bad as there there is in the world, it's nice for there to just be some good sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Dandy's number two. That was my number two. It was so. my number three, and then it All right, then Angela, number two. Danny oh no <laughs> <laughs> Angela you're number two then <laughs> maybe you should say your number one first <laughs> yeah maybe I should are you guys the same on your number yes. ones yeah okay all right well I'm gonna save my number two since it matches their number ones um my my number one is no surprise Bioshock Infinite so I don't need to go on and on about it Bioshock Infinite. All right. How about at the count of three, you guys all say the mystery game that you're thinking of. One, two, three. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Yay. All right. Go ahead. uh, Go ahead and talk about Breath of the Wild. You want me to start? Yeah, you start. Okay. It's your number two. All right. Well. It's your turn. Um, I didn't grow up with Zelda games, but, you know, even for me catching up now in the last five years with Ocarina and Wind Waker and Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, you know, I can tell now how much Breath of the Wild really turned Zelda, you know, 
as it's been established up to this point, turned it on its head and it's just unlike any other game. As much as I love all these other open world games, none of them have accomplished what Breath of the Wild has accomplished in terms of just literally anything you see, you can interact with it. Anything you see, you can climb it. You can do something, you know, to traverse across it or, um, you know, you can access everything. And the fact that the developers thought of every little thing, you know, like, well, if you swing this torch too close to this tree or this, you know, bush that you're standing next to, it'll catch on fire. And then maybe the whole field you're standing in will catch on fire, you know, like just it, they think of every elemental thing, you know, with the thunderstorms and if you're wearing anything metal that you'll get struck possibly. And it's just, and the Peach's favorite thing of where you <laughs> slip in the rain if you're trying to climb a mountain. Um, they've thought of everything, just every elemental thing that you could come across. It's very real, real life in that way as you know, real life as you could get for a fantasy game. And I still haven't finished it. It's been a long road for me. I still haven't done all the divine beasts and they're just, it's everything I've talked about to the max of how many side quests you can do and just little things there are to find and all the shrines and, you know, you really can put off the main story for a very long time. And that's kind of what I've been doing. So yeah, it's super enjoyable and I have no clue when I'm going to finish it. I'm sure it's going to still take a while, but I would really <laughs> like to finish it before the second one comes out. So that's my goal. <laughs> my favorite thing about that game is just how every time you play, you discover something new, whether mm -hmm. it's like a game mechanic or a location in the world. It's just, there's always a sense of discovery that is creeping around. And I remember I was so excited to play this game when it was released. I got it for Wii U originally, mm -hmm. and I had it shipped. Uh, I bought it on Amazon, pre-ordered on Amazon, and got it shipped to work. Um, <laughs> so I knew I had had a package stolen before from my doorstep. So I was like, yeah, mm. yeah. So I wanted to make sure uh, that I got it, and I got it, and held on to it, and got home after work and just put it in and played it for the rest of the night. And it was just such an amazing experience. Just finally playing this game that I've been waiting for for a while and it got delayed, delayed and to finally play it. It was just one of my favorite experiences playing uh, games. Yeah. That's uh, I've said this many times, but if there were one game that I could completely erase my memories of and play for the first time again, it's this one. I uh, I actually remember when I got it. Now at this point, Danny was living in Florida and I was living in New Jersey. <laughs> uh, and Danny said, I want to watch you play this game for the first time. So I actually set up my laptop in the room where I was playing the game so that he could watch, watch me like start out with the game. And just the sheer size of it is intimidating but they it's so much fun to get around and like danny said you know around everywhere you go you're finding something whether it's uh finding a korok or uh you know 
discovering a stable that you didn't know was there, or maybe there's some horses you can catch, or there's an enemy camp that you can uh, that you can attack and and get some treasure, get some weapons from. Uh, I, re- I remember I I'm playing through it on master mode now. Uh, I started up a master mode file a few weeks ago, and it's been distracting me from other newer games that I wanted to be playing because I was like, oh, I can play Zelda now though, <laughs> because I I cleared every shrine and you know beaten the game you know and all the DLC and everything in the regular mode. So I was like, oh, let's let's do master mode now, and I am still. Even after having cleared all 120 shines and all the DLC the first time, I'm still finding new ways to play. Um, just you know, and and even more so than uh, than I uh, I was I said this about Spider Man, but I think even more with with Breath of the Wild, there are so many different ways you can choose to play. Uh, maybe you want to focus on on cooking to to build up your skills maybe you want to uh you know spend a day like you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna farm dragon parts today or i'm gonna go find some koroks i'm gonna go korok hunting or whatever you can just your combat like you can focus on learning how to parry with your shield uh i remember oh gosh do you i mean do you remember the first time you ever saw a guardian or or the first time you ever saw a lionel (laughs) And how scary it is, and then by the end of the game, you're like Blood Moon, baby, time to go hunt mm-hmm. Lionels. You know, it's like uh, it could, because you get better as you go along, and and of course you get stronger too. Um, I think the way that they, um, uh, the the fact that you can play the game in any order, that you can just say, you know what, screw it, I got a I got a pot lid, I'm going to go fight Ganon now. If you want to do that, you can. You'll probably die, but you can do it. You can try. And uh, you can get all the Divine Beasts. You can get none of the Divine Beasts. Um, but I, I really like just the world. Um, you know, I think it's a really interesting story. I think the way they present it is interesting, how you're getting snippets of memories here and there. Uh, but how much of the storytelling is just done through the environment. Like you walk through ruins and you can kind of imagine, like it's left to your imagination, but you can kind of piece together like every again every just kind of like what i said about um one of the games we talked about earlier i think it might have it was infinite we were talking about every uh, every choice they made in designing that environment designing that world feels very thought through and uh, there's just so much uh to uncover it's a game that i can and have gone back to again and again and again like no other zelda game uh, that I've ever played. And like a few other games that I've played, just in general. Anyway. Breath of the Wild. Eduardo, not as much of a fan. <laughs> I don't, you know, and it's not that I have any, like, I don't think about Breath of the Wild and think, man, I really didn't like this. Uh-huh. It's just when I think about the game, I don't think about it in the way you guys do. I just, I guess it just didn't click with me. It did for lots of people. And it seems like this game has clicked for a ton of people. And it just didn't, it just didn't capture me the way it captured you guys. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I still finished the game. I still had some fun with it. It just wasn't the same as it is for you guys, where you guys are like having this like out of body experience while playing. I just, I don't get that. Yeah. For me, well, I don't get it. Eduardo, um, if you want a real hot take, um, 
if this were a different episode and we were ranking Zelda games, or at least, I don't know, if we were ranking them based on just, like, how much enjoyment we've gotten out of them or, or something like that. Um, now, granted, I haven't finished Breath of the Wild yet, and I enjoy it a lot, and I'm incredibly impressed. I'm more impressed with Breath of the Wild than any of the other games. That being said, I think I had more fun playing Wind Waker. I, I <laughs> no, I just dropped. Did you just throw something? <laughs> he was very upset. He I think I had more fun playing Wind Waker. I think I might have even had more fun playing Ocarina, though granted that was my first Zelda game that I truly played. Um, so in some ways... <laughs> in some ways... I kind of prefer having like a story that you have to follow and like it has to be in a certain order that you follow it and having a little bit more structure to it as much as I love open world just having like a little bit more structure um and Breath of the Wild is completely unstructured like you like he said you could go straight for the final boss if you wanted to like it's completely up to you what you want to do and in some ways, I find that really cool, and then in some ways, I kind of miss having a little bit more structure to my gameplay. So I kind of understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I think we can acknowledge how great of a game it is, and I can still say it's not for me, and both of those things can live in the same world yeah. and it can be okay. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's still a fantastic game. I can tell that lots of people really, really love it, and so... You know, even if it's not for me, I'm glad that a lot of people are going to... I think it's going to end up being easily the number one game of our aggregate list because I know several people that have it either very high or as number one. So it is probably going to be... It's going to be between that and Mario Odyssey. The Switch just kind of dominated this decade, even though it was just at the tail end of it. Um, the fact that for me, you know, talking about Robbie saying that 2017 was the best year for gaming, uh, what's wild to me is that, in my opinion, maybe the best zelda game and the best mario game came out in the same year and that they were if if they're not the best then they're maybe the most transformative and monumental games in their series in a very very long time and the fact that they came out so close together it's just you know crazy to me that you know that was the same year <laughs> that we got Breath of the Wild, and then several months later we got Mario Odyssey, and it's just uh, I was in Nintendo fanboy heaven, you know. Eduardo, I, I remember you saying on a on a previous episode uh -huh. that about Breath of the Wild that one of the things that you didn't care for was the fact that it uh, you you prefer your games to have a little bit more of a you know be a little bit more story driven, whereas this one is definitely more of there's a story and you go look for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely like an, when a narrative kind of compels me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I want the narrative to reach to me, not have me reach for the narrative. Yeah, I think that's um, fair. And I think it, and I think in Breath of the Wild, there's a lot of that where you have to go looking for the narrative, and it's those people that enjoy those chunks, finding those chunks and little nuggets will really find enjoyment out of it. Mm -hmm. But for me, I like when a narrative takes me hold. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, and 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 I think I know I said I came around and ended up loving Mario Galaxy, but I think when you're expecting one thing and then you get something else, um, you know, it can strike you as disappointing at first. 
And when you're used to previous Zelda games, and this one is such a departure, um, you know, it can be a bit of a, a bit of a shock, I guess. And that that makes it that's sort of why Mario Galaxy initially underwhelmed me. Like I said, I, I did end up coming around on it, and then the sequel, and now, clearly, I love. Right. But, but yeah, no, I, I but yeah, I, I understand the uh, kind of where you're coming from on that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's then once again, this isn't like Breath of the Wild is still widely considered one of the best games all time of all time mm-hmm. in its few year infancy. Yeah. So anything that we say right now that could be considered negative still means nothing because the game is still going to be considered by many to be one of the best of all time. But we're going to finally let Angela go to sleep. <laughs> Yay. Uh, when Chris was talking a second ago, she was. I mean, that's she almost. We almost lost her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's going to do it for myself, for Chris, for Danny, and for Angela. If you guys want to let the folks know where they can find you on the internet, you can find me on Twitter at the Lady Sound. <laughs> Everybody knows that the Lady Sound, obviously, guys. <laughs> obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Twitter at Gator Sacks twenty ten. And, uh, of course, please listen to Assembly Required, our MCU podcast, as well. Uh, I am DLars93 on Twitter. I'm trying to remember. There was something a while ago that I wanted to plug. There was back when uh, Disney Plus did their, like, here's everything that's going to be on Disney Plus when we launch. There was one. There was the one day at Disney, and I said Murray head voice, and I thought that was very funny. <laughs> and then I said, oh, yeah. not to be confused with Murray chest voice, which I also thought was funny. And then I said I was going to plug those. So there we go. I like how you always plug individual tweets. Yeah, well, I think that's a. I think that's a, it's important that yeah. people see them. Mm-hmm. Well, we've heard them, so now we don't need to see them. <laughs> I think I already retweeted them, though, so I got you. Thank you. Do it again. Huh. Uh, you can you find me over at ABCD Eduardo one on Twitter. I'm at ABCD Eduardo on Twitch. We stream these lives. You can come check out our next episode live. Uh, you can email the show, squaduppodcast at gmail.com. Follow the show at squaduppodcast. That's going to do it for myself, for Danny, for Chris, for Angela. Good luck. Have fun. And join us next week as we go over more top games of the decade. Bye, everybody. Bye. Creme of the chess world in a show with everything but Yul Brynner.